comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. You're listening to the Jersey Shore Podcast. Welcome to Jersey Shore. I'm Jordan from Jersey, joined as usual by... Star-Lord! Also known as Pierce. And tonight we're going to be talking about Thor, The Dark World. In full spoilery detail, so if you haven't seen it or just don't want to be spoiled, we will be spoiling everything from Thor 2, uh, Thor 1, theoretically, and Avengers. Anything in the Marvel Cinematic Universe that's been released up till this date could come in at some point. And after we have our discussion, assuming the audio turns out okay, um, I haven't listened to it yet, uh, there will be some additional discussion from me, my friend John, who's been on the show before, and his friends Ryan and Greg, who I saw the movie with. Oh, you went with more people. Yeah, so we recorded over at John's house, and I haven't listened to the audio yet. Um, It was kind of a weird setup, but assuming it's even somewhat listenable, I'll tack it on to the end so people Mm -hmm. can listen to that discussion as well. So, Pierce, you're a big fan of Norse mythology. Well, yeah. Well, first off, let me let me talk about can I, if I may, my movie going experience first. I also want to talk about that. Thank you for reminding me because I had one of the world's worst theater experiences going to this movie. All right. So first off, let me say I I got special permission specifically for you to come with us as a character. All right. Well, as a shield agent. Yes. Yeah, so a I generic so, shield agent. Well, no. Which is fine. I'm not no, making no, fun no. of it. But as a specific shield. Oh, agent. Oh, that's true. Dum dum dum. So technically, Howling Commandos. But I guess he's been a shield agent. So, but anyway, point being, um, I, I think I mentioned before, my group of friends all has Avenger characters. Um, and not long ago, I was given that Star- they dress up as to go to the Marvel movie premieres. Yeah, but and also other things. But yes. So, movie. like, if there's three Kevins, we have a Kevin that goes by Nova because that's his character. So we dress up for the movies and we go. Um, and if you don't have a character, so either you're newer to the group of friends or you just haven't been out a lot, you're a Shield agent, and I actually got permission because you for was it Avengers. For Captain America. For for Cap when as Dum Dum Dugan. Yes. I made a costume. Yeah. I, you know, I, I need a fat character. I can go as Dum Dum yeah, Dugan exactly. works. I grew out the mustache. Bought a cheek bowler. Yep. Um, and I, yeah, like I said, I got permission for you not just to go as a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent, but specifically as Dum Dum Dugan, but I guess John didn't want to dress up. Well, no, it was we. I went with John because it was John's birthday. So happy birthday, John! Oh, so I, didn't I went that. with him yeah. and, and his friends who were coming in from at least one of them was coming in from out of state for his birthday. That's why I okay. didn't go with you. Well, I was just saying because I invited you, uh, John, and everyone to come, and John was just like, "I don't feel like dressing up." But anyway, <laughs> um, so yeah, we I we, don't see John dressing. we got to our friend Jerry's house a couple hours early. Some people were already there getting ready. And this is some of their fourth time, and so some of them have their costumes pretty down pat. The Jerry fellow, his he's Thor, and so he has pretty much his entire costume made up. And there's a guy that's been more or less his sidekick for a couple months, training him to go uh, overseas and, and do some service work uh, with him. And I was talking with Jerry, it's like, hey Jerry, what character are you gonna are you gonna gonna give him? And uh, at both time or at the same time, we're pretty much just like. Beta Ray Bill. Okay, I was thinking about yeah, where you're going. Yeah, exactly. And so he actually gets really mad at me when I try to describe Beta Ray Bill to other people. So I'm like, hey, he's a horse that was uh, 
Thor for a while. He's like, he wasn't a horse. I'm like, no, no, he's pretty much a horse that was Thor for a while. He was, he beat Thor, though. I'm like, yeah, but he's just a horse that was Thor for a while. Point being, we all dressed up. We got Hulk all green. Uh, he actually went as uh, Gladiator Hulk from World War Hulk. So. Oh, well, and this is Tim, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, you know Tim. Don't you? I know a lot yes. of people in this group. Yes, I I've seen about them that. in a decade, most of them. Yes, but I know okay. Many of them. Um, and some people's costumes were a lot more impressive than others. Mine, I just put uh, some duct tape on a military jacket that I had, and that was pretty much the extent that I went. I did carry around, and someone got it, and it made me happy. In, at the theater, I had a stick and a cup that I was carrying around with me and, as Groot. And one guy was like, "Hey, nice Groot." I was like, "Thank you. I like you. You got it." No one else understood the entire night. And I should say, another reason I didn't go in my Dum Dum Dugan costume is I don't have it anymore. Oh, you don't? As far as I know. I mean, I moved since then, so it's if I is somewhere, it's in a box, and I'd have to dig for it. Oh, see, I thought you hours. just kind of like duct taped a harness, and that I, was pretty I, but much But it took a lot of work to actually put that together. I took white duct tape and made like the full That's true. fake leather That's true. shield, full body, upper body harness, and yeah. holster, and everything. And, and you'd have to summon a mustache out of nowhere, but... <laughs> Um, so yeah, we had a full range. We had people that, you know, you'd easily recognize like Thor and Hulk and whatnot. No cap. Iron Man was a bum, just wore a sweatshirt. But then you had some more obscure characters, um, Ultra Girl, Echo. It's really funny, actually, when, whenever a girl is given a character, they have a choice between two characters. The character that was selected for them, or Squirrel Girl. Nice. So far, no one has chosen Squirrel Girl. I'm just waiting for the one day where it goes like, yeah, okay, Squirrel Girl sounds better. But um, I would say come about 2015, 2016, after the Netflix deal has gone through and all those shows start premiering, good chance Squirrel Girl might be able to show up in those. I don't think she. Is, I don't think she's a mutant, or is she? I think she's more along the lines of Spider Man. So in that case, seeing that there'll be a Jessica Jones and Luke Cage show good chance she might show up at some point. Yeah. So at that point, people will know who she is and she can do it. Let me also just say, Luke Cage is a white guy. So there's that. And there's one guy, we we all call him The Watcher because he reads a lot. He actually reads more comics than I do. And he's bald. He is bald, but he actually has a different character. And I'm like, just go as Watcher. Come on. Dress up like a dude in Toga. You can do it. But he wasn't able to make it, unfortunately. So we had about 25 people. Who all go to the same theater. Yeah. Uh, we all show up in costume. People took a lot of photos of us. 25 of us or so that went. It was it was fun. Uh, it was kind of difficult sitting in the theater because, like, Angel had to take his wings off and deal with that whole thing. Um, <laughs> I'd imagine that would be a little cumbersome. Yes, yes. Thankfully, they weren't heavy. Thankfully, he was not Archangel, and that would have been really bad. But. At least Archangels are more often, like, folded up. That's that's what I was saying. Like, get some metal things that you can just kind of fold in. And he goes, if you can design it, I'm like, I'm not, I'm too lazy for that. That's not going to happen. So I could, but anyway. Anyway, so point being, and then we went to the diner afterwards. So you had a good theater experience. I had. It was a lot of fun. It was definitely a lot of fun, and I'm just excited for next year when my movie comes out, and I don't have to explain to people who Star Lord is anymore. <laughs> that's going to be the best part. So. Um, so, like I said, I had a terrible theater experience. The, yeah, what happened? The worst I've had, and that would include the time I went to see The Happening, which would have been bad enough already, except someone pulled a fire alarm 20 minutes before the end, 
and uh, we had to go stand outside for 20 minutes before coming in to see the last 20 minutes of that terrible movie. <laughs> I did get free movie passes out of it, or free movie pass. Um, uh, same day I saw the Hulk, uh, the, the second Hulk movie, The Incredible Hulk. I saw The Incredible Hulk, and then The Happening the good one. the same okay. day. Yeah, I, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, Better. Don't, I don't hate the first one, um, but it's, it's a strange Mutant movie. Hulk poodles, okay? It, it's a very strange movie. Um, but it had some interesting ideas. But I wouldn't say it was good, certainly. <laughs> anyway, go to the theater. First off, the theater's sound was should have been turned up about 30%. It was not loud enough. I Yeah, I've never had an appropriate sound level. I mean, I generally do, but this time it was definitely like, man, this, is, this seems kind of quiet. And had I really thought about it during the trailers, I would have gotten up and like gone and like found a manager or something to be like, hey, something's off. But by the time I realized it was quiet, it was the movie was starting and I didn't want to miss anything. So then there's, I would say, two groups. I don't know for sure. Sitting behind us of kids, like 10 to 13-year-olds. Okay. Who keep talking. And honestly, they weren't talking that loud, but the sound of the theater wasn't loud enough. To, to mask that. Okay. So people kept shushing them, which was almost annoying than the kids talking. Yeah. But, either way, they kept talking, talking, talking. But then, groups of 10, 15, 10 or 15 kids would get up and leave the theater all at once, loudly, like clomping and kind of quickly down, you know, it's a you know, sloped theater, and then you're so running down the set of steps and then, you know, around the corner to get it out of the theater in the back. And then they would come back, like, five minutes later. And then another group would do the same thing. And so that's why I'm not sure, like, was it multiple groups or one large group? I have no idea what the heck was going on. But so people keep yelling at them and shushing them and knock it off and all this kind of stuff. So this is going on for, like, 20 minutes. Eventually, (laughs) somebody goes out and, like, gets a manager. So manager comes in, or not necessarily manager, but some guy in a suit comes in. In a suit? Yeah. Um, he was a guy taking tickets when we got in. So he could be an assistant manager or whatever, concierge, I don't know what the title might be, but... He comes in, and then a security guard comes in, and then they leave after, like, ten minutes. And I, I think I hear, I thought I heard him talking to, like, you guys need to knock it off or whatever it was. So then they leave, and then it keeps happening again, so they come back. Now it's, like, three or four security guards, and they're back there for, like, 20 minutes. And eventually, all the kids got kicked out. Yeah, and did people cheer? Please, some of those. I love when people cheer. No, it was more we were just trying to pay attention to the okay. movie. And, I mean, and it's not like... The thing is... I don't know if those kids were actually being that unreasonable, aside from the getting up and leaving, and I don't know what that was about. Mm-hmm. So I, I honestly couldn't even say for sure it was the same group, although the leaving in droves and coming back and talking ended at the same time. So I'm Most assuming. Likely, yeah. But I don't know if it was just that these were a large group of kids who just happened to be talking the amount that kids sometimes talk, and because there were so many of them and the theater wasn't loud enough that it just became overbearing. Yeah. And so, in other words, I'm not saying that the manager should have kicked them out immediately and whatever, because, I, again, I don't know that they were really being that out of line. But that said, the first half of the movie, the entire first half of the movie, I was very distracted for. You didn't miss much. But the second half of the movie, I absolutely loved. And the things I caught out of the first half, I enjoyed. It was just, okay. I was definitely distracted and couldn't focus as much. So, whatever um, rating, if we even do ratings, you know, but my, my general feeling of the film all comes from the second half, which okay. is where I was actually able to focus on what was happening and what people were saying, okay. and etc. Um, but if, I really enjoyed the movie. Yeah. What did you think of the movie before we talk about? Well, yeah. If we're doing, well, let's just let's just do ratings then. If you have we done ratings before? No, but let's just do it. I'm just curious. I think I gave it an eight point five out of ten on LOD or on Real Heroes. Okay, that's fair. I would again say, based solely on the second half. On the second <laughs> half. Okay. Um, and I think I've I think I've done this this before. I would give it a four out of five. Four point five out of five. So an eight or nine out of ten. Yes, that. One one star that is not there is for one specific thing. 
Okay, let's and hear unfortunately, it. she was in a lot of the movie. Oh, you hate Natalie Portman. I hate Natalie, and I, Portman. I have no problem with her whatsoever. And, and I actually maybe, liked her in the movie quite a bit. Maybe every scene she was in was just so bleh and uninteresting. See, I can think of like five or six examples of really good scenes she was in that she was really good in. In my opinion, I can think of two. The and I wouldn't really count this as a scene with her, but the scene in the chamber room with the mom. That would be one, sure. Uh, she wasn't really in it, and I'm not saying because of the technicality of it, but just because it didn't. She didn't talk. Nothing happened with her. Second one being the altercation in the desert wasteland area. Iceland. Um, yes, more or less. In, in real life, it was shot in Iceland. Um, I forget which one of the, of the realms it was supposed to be, but it was shot in Iceland. Oh, was it really? On a, okay. on a vol- volcano field, I believe. But basically, again, when she didn't talk and she didn't do anything in that entire scene. Okay. But every other scene with her, I just felt was so like, eh. See, I, I love the scene with her in the cave the second time where it's, what are all these shoes doing here? I loved her on the date with Chris O'Dowd, which was a really surprise cameo. I, I loved him in that, yes, absolutely. Well, I, I liked her quite a bit, too. The whole thing with her and Darcy, or Dar- Darby or Darcy? Darcy. Darcy, in the where they're, everything's raining except on them, and then you know she walks off. Them throwing the shoes and the keys, oh, that whole scene. Her slapping Thor, her slapping Loki, her dealing with both Freya and Odin. like All those scenes with her in them, I thought were very good, and she was very good in them. Okay. And besides that, she wasn't in a lot of the movie. I mean, she was in, yeah. she was in a sizable chunk of it, but, like, doing things. Like, it was more, you know, she was there for a lot of it. We're unconscious for parts of it, you know. Unconscious, yeah. I, I just kind of felt like a lot of it was them forcing us to like her. At least that that was my opinion. I did. I just did not care for a lot of the scenes with her, and the whole love aspect of it was completely unnecessary. But, I mean, I think the movie doesn't happen... <laughs> Unless there's that. They, yeah, but it's... I mean, it's, less so than the first one, where it's an integral part of the story. She has to be there, yeah. absolutely, for that story to happen. In this one, it's more due to the plot. She absolutely has to be there for it to happen, but I thought it was used well. Let's backtrack before we, we you know, bottleneck into Natalie Portman conversation. Well, let's backtrack all the way to, to Thor 1. Did you, what did you... Like, if you had to, from memory, would you yeah. say you liked that one more or less, about even... I liked Thor 2 more. Okay. I'll let you say... Your opinion in the I, I probably agree. It's been a while since I've seen the first Thor. Um, I liked it quite a bit, but I would say it was probably more like a seven, seven and a half. This is like an eight, mm-hmm. eight and a half. Now, what about out of the Marvel Universe films right Rate, now? Ranking them? I hate doing that. There's so many of them. And for, for me... There's not that many. There's three Iron Men, two Thors, a Cap, Avengers, and Hulk. Yep, there it's you like go. ten movies right there. Eight to ten movies there, ranking. Three, but, four, five, seven. It's still seven movies right there. And I, I say I hate that. Okay. I don't mean it in an angry oh, yeah. hate way. I mean it in the same way that, like, I hate ranking Tarantino movies. Because for me, what I do is I do, like, more tiers. Like, I would say there's a couple of them I would put, like, right at the top and right about, like, tied with each other. Okay. And then, like, a couple more in the middle and then a couple more at the bottom. Even the ones at the bottom I really like. It's just of the... Then where does this one tier? High, middle, low, top. Somewhere in there. Like, it's it's below Avengers. Well, yeah, what's God tier? What's God Like, tier? Avengers, for me, would be, like, the best one of them all. Like, Avengers, Iron Man 3, probably. I really liked Iron Man 3. I okay. know I'm kind of in the minority on that. And then this would probably be, like, right between that. And then Thor and Cap would be kind of, like, right below that. Okay. And then Iron Man and 
Incredible Hulk would be right below that, and then Iron Man Two is kind of at the bottom. But all of them, yeah. none of them is like I hated Iron Man. It's not like I hated Iron Man Two. It's just it's if just I had to, sophomore writers, yeah, yeah. So, but it's all kind of like in general spheres, you know, okay. Not more like they're all you know stacked on top of each other. They're just in zones. Okay, they're bricks in a wall, and they're on different levels. You know, okay, that's fair. That's but it's all the same wall. It's, it's all the same wall. Okay, <laughs> that's fair. I would probably say what made Avengers was the dialogue. I mean. It was the just, dialogue, the action, the direction. I feel like so we talked about it before, like Pacific Rim. I don't think we've talked about it on the podcast. Haven't we? What what context would we have talked about? It? I haven't seen it. You haven't seen it? I have no interest in seeing that movie. Oh God. We've had this conversation how many I'm times? going to make you watch it. I when would it, watch it. I just have no interest in okay. watching it. I'm certainly not gonna spend any money to go see it. It'll be on Netflix eventually. Pacific Rim was very much made by the action. It was you know, the most basic storyline imaginable. It was Monster Movie Plot 73. You know, it yeah. was nothing special. That's how I felt about Avengers, where it wasn't anything special except for the dialogue. It had some cool action sequences. The dialogue and the characters, specifically. Avengers yeah. has full-fledged three-dimensional characters that you yes. know and love, which is the big major defining d- difference. And given that it's a getting-the-team-together movie... That's the thing. Making a getting-the-team-together movie or an origin story that doesn't completely suck from the get-go is incredibly difficult to do, as we've seen time and time and again. So if you can make one that's just merely passable, awesome. Avengers, for me, was way beyond merely passable. Oh, I, I agree, but I think if you took away that dialogue aspect, you'd get... Getting the team together movie plot number seven. Like I, well, I agree, but that's like saying take away the sound and you'd have a not as good of a movie. Uh, the dialogue is one of the most major pieces of a movie. You know, it right can up there be with color or <laughs> just I, it, picture. It can know? be, but the story it wasn't the driving factor. I think you can a lot of times have a story be a driving factor, and that wasn't. This. It's a character driven movie. It's not a plot driven movie. Yeah, exactly. Um, Thor. I think Thor 2 ranks next to Avengers for me. Um, maybe for a slightly different reason, and I think it's because it appeals to the nerd in me. Because and Avengers didn't? Different nerd. Because You're talking about the mythology nerd. I'm well, because I think Thor 2 did a really good job of blending two genres that don't get blended. People try to blend them. I would actually go so far as to say three, at least for three? one major section of the movie, but we'll get into it. Okay. Um... Fantasy and, and sci-fi. Fantasy and sci-fi. Yes. Like, and it did it in a way... Because nerds try to do it all the time, you know... And there's very few examples where it works. The original Star Wars trilogy is one of them. Yes. But beyond that, you, you find a lot of B-movies that have cult followings, like a Flash Gordon doesn't make them Flash good movies. <laughs> you know? Yes. Um, but they have their fan bases, but, you know, or the... Last Starfighters, you know, something like that. Well, I wouldn't say that's fantasy and sci-fi. It is the sword and the stone with spaceships. But see, there's a difference between having a fantasy story like Sword and Stone, King Arthur, in a sci-fi setting, and this, which was truly fantasy and sci-fi at the same time. Medieval fantasy, mythology. This is mythology and sci-fi. I mean, mean, we we tend to conflagrate in, in modern, you know, speech fantasy and mythology. When when I say, yes, when I say fantasy, I mean swords and sorcery and mythology, mythology. Mythology, so, yes, it definitely blends mythology and sci-fi. Yes, I'll which is that. something that you don't see ever, really, at all. Working well, again, yeah. outside of Star Wars and, and B-movies a, f- a few other things. Yeah. So, 
Um, and I would say in the middle, we get a heist movie out of nowhere that works incredibly well and surprised me because I was like, we're doing this now? Awesome, but I didn't know that was happening. And then, yeah, like, and yeah. then it's over once it's finished, but it was just like, for 20 minutes, we're going to be a heist movie. Strap in. And I was like, yes, please. <laughs> this is fun. I, yes. I, I mean, it did not strike me as heist movie, but you're right. Yeah, in uh, retrospect, yeah. it totally is. It is Ocean's Eleven in the middle it, of it. It is the, you know, small side conversations. <laughs> it's the walking down hallways. I mean, if we want to... You can really boil this movie down, and I don't mean to disparage it in this way. I mean, I'm boiling it down to, like, its essence. This is Star Wars starring Thor, and in the middle it's Ocean's Eleven. Uh, In many ways. In many ways. Stylistically. Because it has Natalie Portman in it. No, no, no. I'm talking Uh, about original original trilogy. This is very much in style. Star Wars starring Thor, and then you've got a a heist movie in the middle of it. Uh, Okay. Which sounds almost like a a knock against it. It wasn't. I love that. That's fair. That's very fair. So... I have a, and it's really not too much by choice, but a long history with um, Norse mythology, partially because I lived with a dude who caught, who went by the name Thor, and that's like, you know, his teachers called him Thor and everything. It's a really nice way to say um, you're kidnapped by Vikings. Pretty much, no. <laughs> he was just a really big blonde guy that made a hammer out of a tree one time. Um, so, and he kept it in the room, and we weren't even allowed to have weapons, but the artists were like, you're Thor, whatever, you can have a hammer. It's a hammer, it's a tool. Yeah, yeah, exactly, except it was really big, and like 75 pounds, but, um... It's a really cumbersome tool. It was really big. Um, so, point being with that, um, when we took our, when we took a folklore class together, which, guess which mythology we did a group project on? And um, American. Pretty much, exactly, yes. No, um, so I, I got the basis from that. And then, because this is me, the new Pokemon game is actually very, very steeped in North mythology, actually. Um, really? Okay, because I thought it was more set in Paris. Uh, a Paris-like... It is, city. It is. yes. It is set in Paris. So it's not set in, you know, Norway and all that area. Uh, Viking territory. But the storyline is very much... Like, the legendary Pokemon are supposed to represent the different creatures that dwell in Yggdrasil and whatnot. They switched up a little bit. Like, uh, Nordog, the uh, Devourer Worm, is actually the one that represents balance, and the bird that's supposed to represent balance is the Destroyer. So they mix it up a little bit. Um, But, so yeah, between that and that, and uh, actually reading Thor, I've, you know, gotten a lot of Norse mythology in my brain, so... Gotcha. Um, and so I was actually very much, very pleased with how they dealt that, and they they stuck with it to a point that works well, putting it in a comic book, sci-fi movie setting, and I like that. Yeah, we have to see, like, what, like, five or six of the nine realms? It's exactly. all about the convergence of the realms. You even see Idrisil at one point. Yeah, they explain kind of the different, the, the different realms belong to different people. You see shots... Of that, and that was nice. They, uh, why, why, for whatever reason, I'm having a brain fart, and I keep wanting to call him Malkovich, and that's not his name. The, the villain, the elf king. Oh, Malekith. Malekith, yes. I don't know why I keep thinking Malkovich. Malkovich, Malkovich, Malkovich. Uh, no, Malekith, uh, uh, does he have a, a fuller name? Uh, I thought he was the Witch King something. Malachi. I don't know. Uh, so basically, yeah, Dark Elves. But, but played by Christopher Eccleston, uh, the ninth Doctor from which Doctor Who. I didn't get until the credits, and well, you, you told me he could. Any actor could have been in that in that role, yeah. and it would have made no difference. It was all ADR'd and heavy makeup, 
and it's in another language for most of the movie. Nothing against Christopher Eccleston. I like him a lot. Anybody could have played that role, and it would have made no difference. Yeah, that's fair. That's and then the same fair. goes for, uh, I forget, is it Algrith, who becomes Curse? What? His second in command, who becomes Curse. Oh. The Power Rangers looking villain. Yeah. Um, is that Algrith? Is his real name, though, I think? Not not his, not the actor's name, but the character's name. I believe so. Well, anyway, yeah, the one black elf play, played like, by Ottawale. Uh, I can't even begin to pronounce the rest of his name, but Mister Echo from Lost. Same thing there. I like both those actors quite a bit. Anybody could have played those roles. Yeah, and it's not really a knock against them. It was a very the villain was not the most important part of this movie. It was a it was a Thor and Loki buddy comedy for the majority of it. <laughs> um, again, another yeah. another genre of the yeah. which worked really well, but it was more focusing on. Thor and Loki, and this was just a... It was kind of like a zombie movie. Zombies are not the villains of zombie movies. People are. Zombies are a minor inconvenience. And that was, for most of the movie, up to like the last half an hour, what Malekith was. He's a minor inconvenience that's, that's, that's forcing them to okay. do stuff. I can, I can see that. I think I was really focusing on the Malekith side of it because of my personal vested interest in that side of it. That... You're right. When I when I pull back, it was less about Malekith until the very end. In until which case, the end, it absolutely, very much about him. Um, you know, and but just the just the touches they did of how he got Malekith's face is supposed to be half, half black, black, half and, white. Yeah. Well, blue, but that's a different story. Well, but it's, yeah. it's mm-hmm. you know a mix because of turning exactly. light into darkness. And, yeah, exactly. So stupid dark elves being evil <laughs> and having him, and then bringing in Boar, who again, and I, I don't even know who played Boar did not make an impression on me whatsoever. It was just some dude who had a bigger beard than everybody else and and had happened to have the same spear that Odin does later, but Boar made no impression on me. Boar? Thor's grandfather. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Like, when they show him, I was like, oh, we're going to see Boar. I wonder what he was looking like. I was like, oh, that's it? He just yeah. looks like a dude. Okay. And, and that whole thing was very like, oh, we're doing Lord of the Rings now. But I liked it. I mean, it was cool. Um, oh, it was, but it was very much like, oh, you could destroy it. Nope, you're not going to destroy it. Okay, well, I think they said specifically they can't destroy it. It couldn't be destroyed. They could only move it. Uh, you could probably destroy it. They, but, couldn't, they didn't even destroy it at the end of this movie. They couldn't. Yeah, what they do? They didn't do anything with it, did they? Yes, they did. They gave it to the Collector to keep safe. No. Yes, they, they did. That thing they gave the Collector at the end? That was, was a the gem. Ether. That was the ether, which is an Infinity Stone. Just like the Tesseract, apparently. Which we're getting way ahead of ourselves. But I thought that was actually kind of awesome. Okay, I missed that part of it. I you just, must have. I just thought they, you, ju- I just thought so they had t- two stones. I just thought they had two stones. You were so taken aback by um, uh, the actor's name, home forgetting, being very flamboyant. And that was the whole hand thing. was like, hey, welcome you. I was like, okay, this is... <laughs> the weird thing is, and again, I don't know a lot about the Collector. I've read up on him a little bit. That appearance of him... Very low on the totem pole in terms of flamboyance when it comes yeah. to his mm-hmm. appearance because he looked positively restrained compared to some of the other representations of the. Oh, it, I it, absolutely, and it wasn't his Benicio appearance. del Toro. Yes, del Toro. Uh, it wasn't the uh, his appearance that was weird. It was just all the weird hand motions that he was doing all the time. I was like, okay, dude, chill a little bit. Um, also, he was a little bit uh, Martin Sheen from uh, uh, Tron, the second Tron movie. Yeah, okay. Yeah, second... Very so. theatrical and... Yeah, exactly. Playing to the cheap seats. Um, and the whatever the accent-y thing that he did was... Don't know. It, it was it, strange. It, it worked, but I was just like, oh, okay, you're really weird. Okay, Collector, have fun with that. Uh, and do do you want to talk about that now, or do you want to... Well, let's say that for the end and get... Okay, because I, cause if that... I'm just going to... And I'll save it for that. That'll the be a whole other discussion. Because we're going to talk about Guardians, and I'm excited. So... 
Yes, what was I saying about... So they couldn't destroy it. They couldn't destroy it. Um, and it was cool to see that... I'm now also... Re- yeah, let me just say real quick. I'm now also realizing the entire movie was Lord of the Rings because it's the useless normal one that finds the weapon that's within her that she has to deal with and bear. And then it's a whole war and then he gets what he wants. It was pretty much Lord of the Rings. Yeah, in out. some ways. Yeah. With more spaceships. With, with and a, a lot, lot more, more lasers. Spaceships. And, and, uh, and uh, antimatter grenades, which were awesome. That was, that was well done. All of the Dark Elf tack their soldier uniforms. I thought the masks were really creepy, the well masks, done. And at this point now I'm repeating myself from other podcasts, which is what happens when you record so many. But yes. they were very much, and this was, I'm not saying this just because Christopher Eccleston was in it and the it looked like the face of Bo's sister at the end in the collector scene uh, yes. in the tank. Yes. But they looked very much like Doctor Who villains. Yes, they and did. That, and that's what I appreciate. The first time you see them, they go, that looks goofy. And then halfway through, you're like, oh, that's kind of creepy. And then by the end, it's kind of in the middle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, especially when they do the whole head to the side thing. Like, that's a, yeah, that, that's a very Doctor Who thing. And yeah, that was all very They were Doctor certainly Who. better than the nameless, faceless villains that they were fighting on... Hogan's home realm. That they oh, were the, 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 the priestmen. Yeah, the priestmen. The that just look like extras from a made-for-TV movie version of the Mos Eisley Cantina. Yeah, pretty much. You know, pretty much. Not impressed by them. And granted, like these are like the very few nitpicks I have about the movie. Yeah, but but they, they, did they you? I don't know if anyone else on the other podcast mentioned who the Rock Monster was. Um, oh, I mean, I know who it is. It's um, I mean, it's from Beta Ray Bill. He, I mean, that's where we first see them, I think, is him fighting them. They're from his planet. I didn't realize they were from his I planet, believe, but... I believe so. I believe they're... He's a Thangarian, right? I believe so, because he's... He's... At least that exact model with that armor and everything is exactly what the... Um, I can't remember his name. The one from uh, Planet Hulk was. Oh, right, right, right. So, that was... A but nice... I, I believe they're, like, Thangarian rock monsters. Yes. And... But they're from the. I think they're from the same planet. I think I'm not a Thor guy, so people are shouting at me if. I'm well, yeah, it. Marvel cosmic in general, it's just so big and large. There's a lot of stuff to know. Exactly. So we we start the movie. It's Boar defeating the Dark Elves, and the Dark Elves mostly commit seppuku except for Malekith and his one main. Well, I guess there's a bunch of motherships, but his yeah. mothership, his command ship, and a bunch of fighters, they escape and go into suspended animation for five thousand years. Was it five? It really felt more like ten. No, yeah, they said it was five. Did they say it was just five? Because okay. it was during the reign of Boar. Yeah, but was Boar's reign only five thousand years ago? I think so. I thought it was. Longer. They say it happens every five thousand years. The convergence. I was pretty sure that they were saying that the events we saw in the beginning of the movie was the last convergence. Okay. That it happened. All right. Fair enough. So yeah, and then it goes into humans being boring, normal humans. Because See, I humans. liked all that stuff. I liked Darcy. I liked Darcy. Darcy, turn Darcy and... was the saving grace of all that. Um, and when she said Mew Mew, I was happy. <laughs> Meow Meow. It's Meow Meow. It's Mew Mew. Hell the gay. That was a big laugh in my theater. Yeah, we're we're together on this, and not a lot of people are. A lot of people hate her in the in the Thor movies. I find her hilarious. I think yeah. As far as the humans go, she's the saving grace of them, in my opinion. Oh, see, I like Selvig. I like. Portman, I liked Ian, who was new in this one. Ian, Ian was good. Um, but there's not really my, any. My other... name's Ian. My, my name's Ian. There's, there wasn't really a lot of other humans aside from Chris O'Dowd in either yeah. movie. Aside from the Stanley cameo, of course. That was uh, yeah. The whole movie was like, oh, where's he going to be? Uh, he's crazy. Uh, yeah, one of the shorter cameos he's had, but also one of the funnier. I think. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, so they discover that the there's all these portals all of a sudden showing up where if you drop your shoe in it, it falls in the portal. It comes out somewhere else, unless it doesn't. 
Uh, Natalie Portman goes through one of the portals, ends up getting infected with the ether, which is the super weapon that the Dark Elves were trying to use 5,000 years ago. Yeah. Um, so now she's infected with it. She comes back to Earth. Uh, which which gem up. do you think it is? Which gem do you think it is? Probably power, because the Tesseract has been confirmed as space. That would make sense. But don't know for sure. Okay. I'm trying to think what else it would possibly be. Maybe soul, because it feeds off life force? But it converts life force from light to dark. It converts light to dark. Like, beyond that... Well, what do we got? We got space, power, time... Mind, soul, and... Heart? No. No, because that's Captain Planet. <laughs> it is Captain Planet. Reality. Reality. Could be reality. Changes reality from... That would actually dark. make sense. Okay, that would um, make a lot of sense. I don't think they've confirmed specifically which one it is, but it, the Tesseract is definitely space. Kevin Feige has confirmed for sure that's what I it mean, is. I mean, I can't imagine what else it would be. Well, people were saying mind or heart because of how Loki was able to use its power to... Why do you keep saying heart? Oh, I'm sorry, mind or soul because of the way that Loki was able to affect people's hearts and also because most of the time the the mind gem is portrayed as blue, but they have changed many That's, times yeah, throughout the years in the comics. So trying to use that as a, as a definite, this is what it is, is worthless. Yeah, exactly. So Thor comes down, he brings her back to Asgard to try and fix her. Um, yeah. The Dark Elves show up because they see that the ether's been released. Heimdall takes down a ship with daggers. That was that was pretty cool. epic. I was all like, hey, all you guys with guns aren't doing anything, and he took it down with some knives. So, what's that say? The Dark Elves kill Freya. They destroy the throne of Asgard. Well, they don't just kill Freya. It's not just like... They do kill her. I mean, she fights back. Yeah, like it was. Let's just say awesome. there's there's a hardcore fight scene before she dies. It's not just like oh they stabbed her and she's dead. It was a very impressive fight scene, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then Malchus gets his you know scar, which you know he needed from Thor. Thor hits him with a lightning bolt. Yep, and then they run away because they're elves, and that's what elves do in fantasy. They run away. Um, so Odin, as usual, refuses to let anyone go after them. So Thor enlists Loki and the Warriors Three and Sif to have a heist movie in the middle of this movie. Yes. Well, also real quick before we get, get in before we get into the heist movie, one one and it's not a blaring plot hole, but Asgard's defenses were taken down and not from like, inside. Not yes, because Curse was already there. He had gotten in with the prison population. Exactly. Uh, he looks so much like a Power Rangers yes. villain. It was bad. He destroyed the, I guess, the shield that is around whatever the central building shield is. Shield generator or whatever. Exactly. The gun still worked, okay? And at one point, you see the outline of the invisible ship kind of floating over Asgard. And then someone comments and is all like, hey, they could be over our head right now and he wouldn't know it. At that point, if I was like anyone in charge, I'd be like, why don't we just try shooting up a little bit and then see if we hit anything and see where that goes. And if they did that, the Dark Elves would have blown up and then that would have been the end of the movie. Except I don't think the Dark Elves actually were there. Yeah, because there's you see after the fight, the Dark Elf ship disappear and then there's another scene where it's kind of looking down and you see kind of like the glimmer that you see when things are invisible, but you're supposed to know that something's there. And then it's over Asgard. Was it still? Yeah. See, I don't, I don't remember that one. But um, um, but I just... Uh, still, regardless, if there's the potential for an invisible thing to be over your city, why not try shooting up sometime, you know, ever, and then see if it's actually there or not? 
But anyway, so that was a big plot hole. Uh, plot hole, not plot hole. I mean, I, that's not a plot hole by definition. It might be something that bothers you. It's not a plot yes, hole. Yes, it's something they could have done and solved the entire thing. But anyway, so then they decided to have a heist movie with Chuck. So that was kind of cool. <laughs> which was a lot of fun. Thor and Loki and Jane get to Iceland, whichever realm that was supposed to be. They draw When you out. said Jane, I imagined Firefly Jane and got really confused. No, 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 Jane, yes. Jane uh, Foster. They draw out Malekith. They have a whole triple cross where it looks like yeah. Thor's got his hand cut off, uh, but then they don't, and then it looks like Loki's dead, but of course he's not. And Jane also, has, the, has yeah. the ether removed from her, so at least she's safe, but now Malekith has it, and he heads to Earth. And that's, that was my problem with that, was what were they hoping to accomplish in that? Well, Thor was hoping he could destroy it once it was out of a host. Oh, that's right, because you shattered it. That's right. And he was just couldn't. Yeah, forgot about that part. It was so. worth a shot. It was like shooting up. It was worth a shot. Um... <laughs> Yeah, except it just kind of crystallized and then came back, because you can't destroy an Infinity Gem, which makes sense now why it didn't die. Or Infinity Stone, as they're calling them. but um, Because, you know, gems a little, you know. Well, it's, they're not polished yet, that's all. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> they have not been fit to a gauntlet, which yeah. is actually a good uh, a question, Which is I in guess. Odin's treasure room. Just Oh, we saw it? It's in, been in seen? In Thor 1. Oh, it's we saw in it, there, okay. yeah. For like two and a half frames, but it's yeah. there. Okay, all right. So then that whole fight scene ended really quickly. And then Which fight scene specifically? The the that specific one where it was like, oh, we're all triple crossing. Well, but then they have you know it's Curse versus Thor, and then Loki comes in, looks like he sacrifices himself, but he does kill Curse. In a, in a way, I was like, oh, I should have guessed that was probably going to be a thing. Which with, with the whole Curse turns around and just like impales him. That was pretty cool though. That was like that, that was yeah. I was like, oh, that's Curse a has touch. Curse has been stabbed through the back with a sword. He turns around, grabs Loki, and pulls Loki to Hugs him, impaling him then Loki on the same sword. Yeah, and then throwing him away after. But then Loki had grabbed the pin apparently from the, the antimatter grenade. Yeah, I don't think it was much as pin. Just you're just well, kind of like I'm squeeze. Speaking. No, but I'm just like. What kind of a grenade, you know, detonation system is just squeeze it and then the, then you're done? No, 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 no. You're getting you're conflagrating the the grenades with the curse stones. Or no, whatever. no, 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 no. Because that's what they crush. Oh no, you're right. But it, when um, Malkith in the throne room just like pulled grenades off of people, he just kind of squeezed them through it. Well, maybe you have to hit them in the right spot or that's you know, okay. whatever. You whatever. Know. I don't know. It's space. It's space. Yes. <laughs> Good point. Um, so As then, Jack Flag would say, "I hate cosmic stuff." I hate cosmic. <laughs> I forgot about that. Jack Flag's awesome. Um, yes. Yeah, so then they all go to Earth because, of course, you can't have a battle unless it's on Earth. And so I thought about this during the movie. Which Earth, by the way, barely in the movie. It's in the beginning. It's at the end. Yeah. Otherwise, and, and when we say Earth, we mean England because everything's in England. Yes, they um, are in England because Stonehenge plays a role. I kind of figured the reason it was all in England is so that it was only Thor. Because... I still don't think that makes a difference. I think you could do the same thing in Earth and have it just be... Th- or on Earth. <laughs> you know, because England being on a different <laughs> yeah. planet. Um, in the U.S., just because it happens so quickly, it's in the span of, like, 20 minutes. Shield, cap, nobody else would have time to respond. I guess. And okay. Shield is international, so Shield can be anywhere. But it's just... Well, you know, I mean, in, in the comics, Shield's international. No, they're international in the movies as well. She even says... You call the cops, S.H.I.E.L.D. will be here an hour later, or whatever, Okay. at one point. Okay, that's fair. I just kind of came from it at the angle of, you know, are they looking to cover up the plot hole of, well, where's Cap? Again, where's not a Iron plot Man? hole. No, but I'm <laughs> saying, if, what I'm saying, if it was it in America... It certainly does it better than, say, Iron Man 3. Yes, but what again, what I'm saying is, if it was in America, people would probably ask those questions. 
possibly and but still the answer it would be a plot the answer, that's what i mean the answer would still be all the all the craziness happens in the space of about 20 minutes even if Cap has the fastest supersonic jet in the world, unless he's within 100 or 200 miles of that spot at that time and ready to go, he wouldn't even have time to show up. Okay. All right. That's fair. That's fair. So, <laughs> but he still does show up in this movie. He does. We get that a nice was, little surprise yeah. Captain America cameo, which was hilarious. It was about, what, 20 seconds long, if that. Yeah. Um, However long it takes to walk between two pillars, but yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it was It was there. It was funny. It was gone. We kept going. Yeah, it was It was a very nice touch. And Loki, I think, stole the show of this one. I oh, know. every scene he was in was better than the others. Yeah. Not that the others were bad. It was just... They were yeah, he them. was... And, and even the, the... Which is the same for the first one and many parts of Avengers. Not all Avengers. But. He was... He was good in Avengers, but I think this has been his best role. Maybe. I think he had really strong things to do in all three movies, particularly Thor 1, where he realizes that he's not actually Odin's son. That whole sequence was fantastic in the first mm-hmm. movie. But you could also you know, juxtapose that with him finding out about Freya's death in Thor 2. Like, both yeah. opposite sides of, this, of a similar coin. But at the same... So, one, I think he had more moving. I think seeing Freya's death showed more character than just kind of the rage that was finding out he's adopted and he's never getting thrown. But I think you also saw how he is Loki the trickster god. Oh, absolutely. Like, I don't think you saw that in the other two movies. In Avengers, you saw... Loki, the dude that's kind of try to rule the earth, like there wasn't the trickster aspect to Loki. That is who he is. I disagree. It wasn't as much because he wasn't in the movie as much. But there's definitely there when he, his whole thing is he tricks them into capturing him so he can you know mess with the Hulk and tricks Thor into running into the Hulk's prison, which he then gets dropped to Earth. And there's a lot of trickster stuff going on in that movie with him. It's not all on the surface, but it's all happening. Let, let me let me phrase it differently because that's not exactly what I'm talking about. I'm talking about more demeanor. So, like the actual chaotic nature. Yes. Yeah, okay. So when he's talking to Odin in the beginning, and you know Odin's trying to have a serious conversation, and Loki's all like, you know, or what was it, the comment about? you know, distinguishing between him and mortals. and Loki's Well, he like, goes, I would have ruled over them as a benevolent god. And Odin says, we're not gods, we're mortals, you know, just that we live, we die, we die like, just yeah. like them. He goes, give or take give five. Give or take five. Things. You know, and so it was all those kind of snide remarks the whole time. I would I would say definitely the the chaotic trickster personality exactly across the most in this one. Yeah, not the awesome. yeah, not the dude that's trying to rule the world personality kind of thing. Yeah, so... Um, so that I really admired. And then that bit he did for the getting ready for the movie with the children. Did you see that? Oh, oh, the ad. Yeah, Not yeah. in the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yes. The yes. ad where he's sitting with the children, and they're like, which one? And he's like, which, which one do you like better? And they're like, Thor! And he's like, why? It's like, oh, well, because Thor can knock people over with his hammer. And he just shoves the small child that said that. And it's like, see, I can do that with my hands. Who needs a hammer? And you're like, oh, that's amazingly adorable. But, um... So they get back to Earth. They fight Malekith. Um, yeah. Thor fights Malekith while Jane and Eric are working with their um, little portal devices to kind of control things. And while Darcy and Ian make out. Which was pretty funny. Um, and people are teleporting all over the place. There's a lot of humor, like unexpected humor that was yeah. really worked well in that in the climax, in the final fight scene with Thor having to get on the train, them sliding down the building. Yeah. A lot of 
the, the game you, you not having any idea where to go. Um, the, the the whole thing very felt very reminiscent of the game Portal and Portal Two. Yeah, video games, that's what I thought. The with them jumping time. in and out of places and the you know the the ice monster thing from Jotunheim, I forget what it's called, but yeah. that all coming into play. There's a lot of with, legitimately. With speaking funny of stuff. that thing, the worst ending. Credits. Oh, see, I liked it quite a bit. It got a big laugh in my theater. Oh, really? All yeah. of us were just like, really? We waited yeah. around for that. My Whatever. theater was very. Very happy with it. Okay, but anyway, continue. Um, so they fight him. Thor, you know, f- gets close enough to him that he can throw the Eric and Jane's devices at Malekith yeah. and start warping pieces of Malekith off, which is really cool. Yeah. And then he, everybody, all the bad stuff gets teleported to Iceland. Not actual Iceland, but whatever realm yeah. it was. The day is saved. Svartalheim. Come on here. Svartalheim. Um, and they... They, everything isn't destroyed, but at least there's like a, a very small window where in Malekith can complete his mission every 5,000 years because they get him away from where he can complete the mission within the amount of time. The day is saved at least until the next convergence in 5,000 years. Which isn't going to... Well, I Hooray. mean, Malchus, the hinting is Malchus dead. Probably. You know, he, when when he got Prometheus... To, he's certainly been disarmed, I think we could ha, say. Ha, ha. Um, and yeah. crushed. Yeah, he got Prometheus. <laughs> yeah, I got you. Um... um and so then Thor goes back up to um, Asgard, he talks to Odin, and Odin's like, oh, I get what you were trying to do now, it's cool. Thor says, I don't want to be king, I'm going back to Earth to be one of their heroes. And then, and he leaves, and we see it wasn't Odin, it was Loki. Loki has taken Odin's place, at least for that moment. Which I thought was rather obvious. Oh yeah, absolutely. But is Odin dead? Is is Odin still king? And no problem, and Loki just pretended to be him for that moment. Is Odin in under a glamour and in the Asgardian prison in Loki's place. I, I assumed that, because there was the scene with the, you know, the guard. Because right. I had to explain this to a friend of mine. Because he apparently missed the green flash with the guard on Well, it's off camera, I believe, right? Like, it's at, out of the frame. So, you see the light and yeah. you hear the sound, and then he walks into frame. Exactly. Um, and so my friend missed that. He saw it twice. So he, and it's the same guard that Loki took the appearance of when he was going through his roster of appearances when he turns in the cap and, yeah, exactly. and everything earlier in the movie. Um, and so, you know, when he's talking to Odin, my friend didn't realize that that was Loki talking to Odin. And so when I told him that, I was like, yeah, I mean, I thought it was a little obvious that, you know, Odin was actually Loki. He's like, no, you didn't. You're just making that up. I'm like, no, because the guard was Loki. He goes, no, it wasn't. I'm like, yeah, it was, because he turned into him, because there was the green flash. He goes, there was a green flash? I'm like, yes, there was a green flash. He goes, oh, I've seen it twice now, and I missed that one. Like, yep. <laughs> um, uh, so, movie's over at that point. Yep. With Thor still in Asgard, but saying, I don't want to be king, I'm going to be... I'm going to go hero. be with my girlfriend. I don't know if he specifically says he's going to go back, but you definitely get the impression, but yeah. I don't know if he specifically says it. Um, and then movie's over, credits... Uh, the hero credits, then we have our mid-credit scene, which is Sif and Volstag bringing the ether to the collector. Can I just say I I really like the way they did Volstag. Like they, I like Volstag in both movies. Well, no, I I'm I'm just saying as opposed to the way that I guess they could have done him, which is the full-on comic version. Oh, uh, which is buffoon kind of. Yeah, exactly. So I do kind of like the the way that they've done him, and they did a very good job with Sif. And then I forget Chuck's character. Fandral. All of which I think they did a very good job of. Oh, yeah. The Warriors 3 and Sif in both movies. I didn't quite well, Warriors 2, but. 
Well, the other one's in the movie, just not for a lot of it. Yeah, I don't know why why that was. Because he was on his home realm, keeping the peace there. Yeah, but I mean, why did they set that up Maybe that he way? wasn't available for as much okay. shooting or something, I don't know. So they go to the Collector and they explain, hey, we need you to take care of this, which is the, the ether in a con- special container. Yeah, I missed Much that Much smaller. Apparently their technology hasn't progressed a lot in 5,000 years, but their containers have gotten smaller. <laughs> um, and they basically say... So we need you to hold on to this because we've already got one Infinity Stone in Odin's vault being the Tesseract. And as you know, really bad idea to keep multiple stones in the same place. So hold on to this. And Benicio del Toro, after they leave... There's a bunch of hand motions. Says one down, five to go because he wants the other five. Um, Then the four Because Thanos wants the other five. No, because the Collector wants the other five. Collector's not a bad guy. In yeah. the comics, at least, Thanos, like, knocks him out and forcibly takes the gems. Okay. Which is a big deal. The Collector, from my understanding, and this could be off, but he's about a billion years old. Yeah. He's a holdover from the previous universe, like Galactus, etc. And Do they, like, I never understood, do they know each other? Like, are they aware of each other? I believe so, but I don't know for sure. Okay. It's a little bit outside my ken. But, so, he and the other elders of the universe, all holdovers... Or at least they're from the very beginning. But yeah. basically, he's preparing for the next big collapse and then big bang. So he collects superheroes and superpowered objects to keep them safe yeah. for the next big crunch so that when the next universe happens, it'll already have protectors and things to keep it going. Yeah. Um, so that's why he would want all those items of power. So that's the, the, the first mid credit scene. That is our preview for Guardians of the Galaxy. And then we have the full credits, and then we have the after credit scene where Thor Soda. reappears on Earth, and then we have that flash over no, to... No, no, yeah. No, first off, you have her sitting there eating cereal, and then you hear thunder, and then she goes... <gasps> thunder, and then thunder, runs, thunder, cats, oh! That's a good point. And then she just runs outside, and they have this emotional embrace, and I'm like, oh, this is... Really, this is what this is what I waited around for. And then you cut over to the same courtyard the, where they have all the, the portals and stuff. The Jotunheim and beast. The, the, yeah, the, the Jotunheim monster is chasing birds in a parking lot. Yeah. And it's a funny shawarma-esque joke, laugh, and movie. Yeah. And then it says uh, Thor will return. Does it say that? Just yeah, like Iron Man 3 ended with Tony Stark will return. Oh, uh, I missed that part. Or Iron Man, I forget. If it was so let's go back to Guardians. Oh, well, first off, who is, who is Amy Pond supposed to be? She's Nebula. Okay, I don't know. Old school Avengers and Guardians of the Galaxy villain. Oh, oh, she's one of the villains. Oh, yes. Her and Ronan the Accuser are the two main villains, from what I understand. Oh, we're fighting Kree. Yeah. That should be. Or at least Ronan. Okay. Well, it's your your heroes in Guardians of the Galaxy are a bunch of criminals who escape from prison, and he we're is not he criminals. They're all criminals. We're one of a kind genetic mutations who are also criminals, and he is a policeman slash judge who is tr- yeah. he's Judge Dredd trying to track down a bunch of criminals. He's 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 Green Lantern meets Judge Dredd. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah, with a big hammer. With a big hammer, which I like. Okay. All right. That's yeah. Okay. And but, granted, I don't know if that's the plot of the movie. That's like if as I had long to guess. as long as the Kree don't have that stupid fin on their head like they've had for the last fifty <laughs> years. Anyway, I think it's going to be more the Nova Corps that are going to be more the ground troops in the movie. The Nova Corps is in it too. You haven't even seen the costumes? They've released like what the costumes look no, like. No, I've only seen more, it's infantry men. It's not like full Nova Centurions. It's it's like low level. Nova guys. Okay. Also, I heard that they're 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 getting rid of the current Nova run to bring back Richard Ryder, which should be good. No, that's what I heard from the guy who is Nova in our group. I don't believe that's true at all. Really? Darn, no, because I really don't like the Nova's game. joining the New Warriors, but I don't believe they're ending his comic or bringing back Richard Ryder. 
I think they should bring back Richard Ryder. Um, but anyway, point being, I don't know if you like really noticed it, but it was stylistically very different from the rest of the movie. Oh, the Guardian scene, yes. yes. It felt mm-hmm. like something out of Doctor Who. <laughs> and which... Or but Babylon 5. Or Babylon 5, or a bad sci-fi B movie. It like was a, weird. It was not the preview of Guardians I wanted. If if that is... If the movie's like that... I don't think it will, because even the stuff we've seen already doesn't look a lot like which, that. Which, honestly, and I know I won't get it, but what I want Guardians to be is like a buckaroo bonsai self-aware sci-fi B-movie. I think that's probably what it's going to be. Okay. You saw you saw two minutes of a scene that happened to have a minor character from the movie in it. Uh, like, well, I think he's going to be a lot more than a minor character. I don't think so. I think he's going to really? be more of a... I mean, he might be very important plot-wise, but I don't think he's going to be in a lot of it. I can see him being like the spiritual mentor guider person go do this to get the gems who ends up being like, I think the it's bad more guy. he's the guy they're trying to steal something from okay that's fair all right but yeah my point being like if it has that look to it that doctor who can't be but self-aware thing to it that is what I'd really like to see I would be totally fine with that yeah, yeah absolutely I think that would fit in tone with the guardians comics I've read yeah. and it's fit in tone with the marvel cinematic universe which is more important yeah. I think uh, it would I don't think it would fit too well with Abnett's stand, uh, Ab- Abnett, Abnett landings. landings. I think it would. They were very self-aware. Jack Flagg's "I Hate Cosmic Stuff" oh, is, is okay. the most cos- yeah. the most self-aware you can get. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, on a cheesy level, like there's a lot of cheesy stuff happening. In okay, books. Cosmic was pretty cheesy, but in a good way. They did it yeah. really well. Yeah. I just want that bright color scheme and the... You well, know, it certainly had a bright color scheme in that scene. That's what, And that's kind of what I'm hoping for the whole movie, yeah. And I'm just also... I was, I was just really hoping to see... I don't even need to see Groot and Rocket, but I wanted to see Star-Lord, even Gamora, or Drax, or Ronin, or... I just wanted to see something... I would... I do want to see... More. I'm worried about uh, Rocket. I... Oh, I'm not... Bradley Cooper? That's perfect. It's not... My worry's not so much, will they get the character down? Will... But how will it look? From what we've seen, it looks pretty good to me. It looks like a raccoon. We haven't had any, like, moving images. Yes, we have. Really? Footage leaked, yeah. I... Don't there's, remember there's seeing rockets and stuff. Yeah, okay. it's, it's rockets sitting on Groot's shoulder, firing two machine guns into the air and snarling. Okay, I missed that part. I guess of that footage, I gotta look that up. But I don't think you can mess up Groot, and that's Vin, right? Or is Vin, that Vin? I mean, it's not official, official, but it's like ninety nine percent there. They're I don't, still, like, I don't know exactly what they. They're just gonna record him in. He's different... motion capturing it. He released, oh, is he? he released footage of him on the set of Fast and the Furious 17 or whatever they're doing right now, <laughs> but him walking around in stilts, saying, <laughs> no, pra- he was practicing for the motion capture of Groot. Yeah, but I just think it's funny that he has to wear stilts for the... Well, he's a short dude, but these are like three foot stilts. Oh, okay. All right. Because you want that gait, you want like an oh, ant yeah, looking exactly. thing, you know? Yeah, um... I'm just imagining him in, like, the recording room of, like, just it's just five lines with different emphases. I emphasis. am Groot. I am Groot? Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's not even close to... It's going to sound like the Iron Giant. Oh, Garth. Oh, I forgot he was, yeah. Okay. Think that voice, you know, Garth. I am Groot, you know. I want him to go, I am Groot, with, like, an inflection. <laughs> well, I mean, they could have some of those. Well, I think he's, I think he, they're, just for the comedic effect, they're going to have to. And I love 
Chris uh, Pratt, Platt, Chris Pratt, Pratt, um, Andy Dwyer from Parks and Recreation. But I'm yeah, that he's going to have to impress me because that's all I imagine when I also the main character from the Lego Movie. Have you seen that trailer yet? The no, new one? I haven't. It looks amazing. Really? <laughs> yes. Who is he? In like just a random dude. Okay. He's a random dude who finds out he's Neo. Basically, he's the chosen one of and, Legos. Yeah. It's the Lego Matrix. Please. No, he's not the Lego Matrix, but he's... he's If anyone ever made that movie, oh my word, that would be the greatest thing. I've seen like five minute YouTube Matrix fight scenes done in Lego type Mm. things. Unrelated, did you see that Matrix gif of, uh, in response to the Keanu Reeves AMA? Nope. Where it was the bullet scene where he stops the bullets, but they were downvotes because everyone expected the AMA to fail miserably, but for some reason it was super popular. And then he turns everything into upvotes, and all the code that you see is just upvotes everywhere. It was actually really well done, but that's unrelated. So I'm excited for him. I'm just going to have to... I just cannot physically imagine anything other than Andy when when I think of him, so... Have you seen him since he got in shape? I'm I'm imagining he had to lose a lot of weight because dude is cut. You'd have to be. You've got your iPad right now. Google Chris Pratt before and after. I'm guessing I'll just do Chris Pratt Star-Lord. No, do Chris Pratt before and after. There'll be, like, side-by-side photos of him in a bathing suit at the beach before. Is it two T's? P-R-A-T-T, yeah. So, that's after. That's after. That's after. That's before. Even his face looks majorly different. Yeah, well, he has to, just because Star-Lord, like, at least in the new run, Star-Lord's a very thin character. Yeah, and he is now, too. He's, yeah. His face looks almost gaunt. He's so skinny. Yeah. Which, I don't know what that's going to mean for the next season of Parks and Rec. But oh, they've already addressed it. How? There's a whole. There's a scene in the fir- first episode of this new season where they're in England, because they, they're they filming Guardians in England, so they had a whole storyline making his character be in England for a reason. Oh, okay. Um, so he's there, and when you first see him, you see him in the episode earlier, where it's a flashback to like a month ago, and then... A month later, he all of a sudden is in super good shape, and he's talking to Ben, and he goes, yeah, so I just stopped drinking, and I lost, like, 50 pounds. He goes, in a month? How much were you drinking? He goes, I don't know, a lot, I guess. <laughs> okay, that's pretty good. I like that. It, it, was, it was done very well, yeah. And in the storyline, he's working for Peter Serafinowicz, i.e. the voice of Darth Maul, the guy from Space and Shaun of the Dead. I like that. Line, yeah, I like that. Cool. Okay. That's it. I'm I'm excited for it. I mean, I I don't know what it's. There's just okay. It's just going to be interesting. I, I'm just going to have to roll with it and hope that they do it can't be in a good way and trust them. So. Look, I mean, even if what I hope is even if it bombs at the box office, even if it's it's going to be a cult. I'll have gotten a Guardians of the Galaxy movie. If they didn't ever make it one again. I at least got one. Well, well, can you imagine five years ago thinking that there would be a Guardians of the Galaxy movie? You true. didn't even know what Guardians was. Five years ago. Five years ago, yeah. I mean, I did, but I would never... There'd never be a Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Are you kidding me? What are you, high on truth There's, There's going to be at least two, just because if you count Avengers 3. Because Avengers 3 is going to be... It'll the, probably involve them and the Defenders and all that stuff. It's going to be everywhere. I think it's all going to culminate... Culminate? Yes, culminate in Avengers 3. And that's going to be the, you know, Thanos fighting probably. movie. So. But you're right. I think that is going to be the... Uh, cult hit of the Marvel movies. You know, I think they're... But I think it also has a, the possibility of being huge. If it has really good word of mouth. We don't know. I mean, it all depends on the tone. And all it needs is one really good trailer that people go, that looks awesome. You know, I think you're good. What's the thing with the raccoon? You know? But that's the thing. No one's going to say that. Like, your average person will be like, well, what's with the raccoon? I don't get it. Unless that trailer has, you know, all it needs to do is end with some... 
hilarious Rocket Raccoon line, you know, you know, and also starring Lamb, Bradley, I murdered you. Like, no, no, not like that. But also starring Bradley Cooper, and then you know, shot of Rocket Raccoon saying something really funny. There's your movie. I guess we'll see. I mean, I I want it to do really well. I'm just cur- curious how it's going to do in the box office. Absolutely, but so, uh, I'm excited. So yeah, we got off topic, but I'm okay with that because we <laughs> talked about something I like better. What else so, do you want to say about Thor: The Dark World? Give it a shot. My manager was actually saying to me that review-wise, it's getting a lot of bad reviews. It actually started pretty good and then has gone down a little bit. It's, yeah. it's like in the mid-60s, I think, on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. And, which is surprising, because everybody I've talked to who saw it really enjoyed it. Yeah, which I yeah I don't understand who's who's hating on it then. Critically, I can see why. Like, it's a Marvel movie. None of them have really been... And you would say Iron Man 3, fair. I would... Maybe argue Cap, but Cap's a different style of movie. They haven't been, and I put this in air quotes, good movies. Well, they haven't been, they, they, no, they've been solid movies. They've they been entertaining movies. Yeah, they haven't done anything groundbreaking. And that's what that's why I think maybe it was such a, or not such, that it's getting cr- uh, critics flack, flack from critics, I should say, is because it's just an entertaining movie. It's not really anything special. It doesn't really build on, you know, the moving characters from one. There's no character development, really. Oh, I disagree with that. I think both Thor and Loki have character development. I think you you see more of the same. I don't think Thor has any character development in the movie. I just... Well, I disagree. In the first okay. one, he's, he's getting in touch with his humanity, and in this one, he's learning to forsake his godhood. But I see... I don't see that, though, because I still see him... You know, there's no, like, Thor learns to deal with things with his brain instead of hitting it with a hammer. Like, he still is Thor, and he still just hits things with hammers until they die. But the whole first movie, in the half of this, in the first half of this movie, it's Thor who wants to be king, who wants to be king, who wants to be king, who wants to sit on the throne, and by the end of the movie, he's like, you know what? I don't want but that. But see, at no point in the second one is he like, I want to be king. Like It's in the beginning, I think. I don't or at least that Loki talks like, about it, how much Thor wants to be king. Like, in Iron Man 3, and I'm pretty sure we talked about this, there is a lot of character development. You see Stark go through. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, but I don't see... There's certainly a lot more character development. Yeah, I don't movie. see anything... I mean, you see emotional high and low points for Loki... But I wouldn't say he develops as a character as much as just is that character with different emotions. Although at the same time, should Loki develop? Loki should be the trickster always. He should, even if he has higher low moments or learn something, he should forget that thing he learned five minutes later and go back to being the same thing. Just going back to the mythology, it's always you know, you know the, the the joke. I mean, you've probably seen the flowchart on Reddit or something where it's guide to North mythology. Question: yeah. Did Ice Giants or did Loki do it? Yes or no? If yeah. it's no, did Frost Giants do it? <laughs> yes. Loki did it. Loki's behind it. Who's going to fix it? Loki's going to fix it. You know, yeah. it's... Thor's going to fix it. Well, but Thor's going to force Loki to fix it. Well, yeah. You know? <laughs> it's... You're you're right. Or Balder or Odin. One of them's going to force Loki to fix it. You're absolutely right. I think you can still have him have some character development, especially since he has been such an integral role across three films now. Like well, he got the throne. It appears. Well, that's very true. Yeah, he got what he wanted. I'm assuming he just forced Odin into Odin sleep for a while. But... Yeah, we we don't know, and you know, yeah. it'll take till you know Thor three to find out. But uh... yeah, which I wonder what they're gonna do for that. 
uh, maybe bring in Balder. That's true. You know, have, you know, it could be Thor fighting to save Odin from Loki. It could be, and you know, I mean, we've got so many films in between now and oh, then. Oh, like, well, we probably only have two or three, I think. We got... They haven't, well, first off, they haven't even announced that there will be a Thor 3. But you have true. Cap 2, Guardians of the Galaxy, Avengers 2, Ant-Man, for sure, before you'll have another Thor movie. Is Ant-Man for sure before another Ant-Man Thor? Ant-Man is for sure. It is okay. dated and everything. I really don't know what they're going to do with that. But. I can't wait to see. It's a heist movie directed by Edgar Wright. I'm in. Is it a heist movie? Is that said. the direction? Okay. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm like, what do you do with a scientist? Like, I really... Well, we don't even know that's going to be Hank Pym. What? You think they go irredeemable? It could be Scott Lang, who was a criminal who stole yeah, the suit. irredeemable, right? No, that's no? Eric O'Grady. Whatever. Eric O'Grady is a dumbass who accidentally ended up with the suit. I love Eric O'Grady. Don't get me wrong. He's one of my favorite <laughs> characters. But Eric O'Grady is a guy who, through bad luck, found himself with a suit and being pursued for murder that he didn't commit. Uh, Scott Lang, if I remember correctly, stole the suit. He was a thief who stole the suit from um, Hank Pym. Okay. And then was Ant-Man and Giant-Man for a while. Gotcha. But you can have Hank Pym being the guy building the suit, then half the movie be... Um, then he has it stolen, maybe he has to steal it back, or who knows. Or maybe it's all through... We, we have no idea yet. I don't want to even want to speculate too much on it, because it's so far away. And but. because no one really knows Ant-Man at all. But <laughs> Aside from that that one time he hit his wife. Don't get me wrong, terrible thing, but it's the only thing anybody ever brings up about oh, see, him. I didn't even know about aside that. Aside from the fact that he just built Ultron. He, I was about to say, the Ultron thing is really what... Yeah. Those are the two things. Everybody hates... Well, because everyone's freaking him. out about how he's not going to be the one that built Ultron this Doesn't time. Doesn't bother me at all. Give him something else defining, maybe. Hey, that's a novel idea. Or, I mean, like you were saying, it's probably, oh, can they do Vision? Because wasn't Vision an X-Men for a while? Or is he always an Avenger? He's not a mutant, for sure. He's a robot. So, uh, or an android. Well, I mean, he, he was married to What's-Her-Face, so... so but she's going to be in Avengers 2. Is she? Absolutely. Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch are absolutely in in um, Avengers 2. Hmm. I wonder who, how they decide who has rights to what characters. There are a few, there's a handful of characters, I actually just updated this the other day, that are in a gray area, contractually, where they're both they're, both companies are about allowed to use them. Okay, so For both instance, are. Quicksilver will be in Days of Future Past. Oh, what? And oh, yeah, that's what I was about to say. Like, how is that going to different work? actors. Okay. Just not even, and apparently very different portrayal, different look, very different everything. Okay. Uh, Avengers can't mention the word mutant, or that they're related to Magneto, and uh, X-Men can't mention the, that Oh, they, they can't Avengers. mention... Mutant. Like, no. they cannot say, what are your powers based on? Well, I'm a mutant. They were like, born this way. That's all you have to say. Okay. Like, right. They were born with these powers. Don't know. Yeah. Genetic anomaly. Okay. Call them specials. Call I them wish whatever. Spider-Man had fallen into that gray area because that would have made Avengers better. Well, that's a completely different contract. I know. With a completely different company. And a contract for a specific character. Who else is gray area? We don't, we don't know. They've said it's, it's, it's a very small number. It's a handful is what Kevin Feige said. But I would imagine it would be Wolverine. No. If they could use Wolverine, they would use him. Wolverine wasn't an X-Men, or wasn't an Avenger, until about ten years ago. But now he's in, like, every team But these ever. contracts were signed twenty years ago. Were they really twenty years ago? Probably, yeah, because Marvel was in bankruptcy in 95, I believe. That's when all these contracts happened, because they were going out of business. And the, the only reason we saw Marvel Comics is because they sold off everything they could, or licensed out everything they could, to movie companies and such. But, I mean, the first X-Men movie didn't come into play until... 2000. Doesn't yeah. mean they weren't trying earlier than that. The Roger Corman Fantastic Four movie was like 1989. Like a lot of these contracts. When, were, whenever someone mentions that, all I can imagine is the uh, is the, the Arrested Development, Arrested Development <laughs> MST3K one. Yeah, yeah. Um, which that's what it's based on. That's yeah. what they were. Oh yeah, about. no, uh, yeah. But yeah, these contracts were signed a long time ago. 
like Scarlet Witch and 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 Quicksilver, and Quicksilver debuted as Brotherhood of Evil Mutants, Mutants, and then like four months later in the comics, were in the Avengers, or a year later, whatever, were the Avengers. So they're long time Avengers characters. Yeah, um, Wolverine was not. You know, okay. th- that's where the, these things. But they said it's a very small number of characters. I'd imagine it would be other things like. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think. Beast. Well, no, not Beast. Um, but I would say, like, probably, like, Ronan the Accuser would probably be one of them, actually. Really? Because a lot of the cosmic stuff is heavily tied into Fantastic Four and into the X-Men characters. All those owned by, all those licensed by Fox. So, Fox has the license for all those. But a lot of those characters have big Avengers ties and also big Fantastic Four or X-Men ties. Okay. Like, maybe Lilandra of the, um, Shi'ar. Leandra of the Shi'ar, like she oh, might okay. be one. I don't know. So you'd think it's you're probably getting really obscure by the time. I was about to say, like, I'm trying to think of more like mainline ones, like Scarlet Witch, Quicksilver. That would be. I can't think of any. Because hmm. I mean, the ones I mentioned would work, like Beast and his back and forth and all that jazz. So it's possible, but I doubt it. He's much more connected with the X Men okay. than he's ever been with the Avengers. So we've gotten really off track. One <laughs> question about Beast, and then we we should probably wrap this because it's nothing to do with Thor anymore. What was the comic? And this is while Beast was a senator, and DC was under attack. That was Secret Avengers issue, somewhere between fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, I think. When when the one senator is like, ah, oh, we have some ways of defense, and then he just wakes and up all, all the statues. All the statues come alive. Yes, that was that was that was during um, Fear itself. It was one of the Fear itself issues of Secret Avengers. Oh, it was Fear itself. One. Okay, that's right. All right, because I was trying to remember that because I was like, oh, I like this. Yeah. And why is he not a senator anymore? Did he just get outvoted? I don't read X-Men, so I couldn't tell you. Yeah, X-Men's gotten weird. I picked up Amazing. I was like, this is good, but... I like Bamps. Bamps are cute, which are little imps, not the abbreviation. Or the sound that Nightcrawler makes? Yeah. Well, apparently when he does that, he makes these little creatures called Bamps. Didn't know that one. Yeah, so... Apparently. Do you have anything else to say about Thor before we wrap this um, up? Mew Mew. That's, that made me happy. You, you keep saying Mew Mew. It's, it's Meow Meow. It's Mew Mew. Because it's Mjolnir. And in the movie, I, I mean, great, I've only seen this one once, but in the first movie, which I've seen a number of times, she goes, what's Meow Meow? Okay, whatever. We're going to challenge this and look it up. But anyway, we'll, we'll deal with that later. So, because I've really got to pee. So. <laughs> All right. So I'm Jordan from Jersey. I'm Pierce from Jersey. Uh, it's been Jersey Shore. Have a good week, everybody. Hey folks, Jordan here. Up next is the discussion I had with my friend John and his friends Ryan and Greg after we saw Thor The Dark World with each other. The audio quality is not as good as I'd normally like, but hey, it's a whole different side of the conversation. I thought you might find it interesting. And uh, you'll probably notice as you listen that the audio quality changes a few times. That's because it's a few different chunks edited together. And sometimes I was holding the mic, sometimes it was just in the middle of the room. But anyway, enjoy. Like I said, we talked about a few different things and Pierce and I did. And so it's a whole other side of the conversation with some more points of view. Enjoy. Welcome to Jersey Shore. I'm Jordan from Jersey, joined, not as usual, by Pierce. Uh, I've got John here. John's been on the show before. Say hello, John. Hey, guys. Uh, we've also got two new people on the show. We have Greg. Say hello, Greg. What's up, guys? And we have Ryan. Say hello, Ryan. Hey, how you doing? Uh, so we just got back from seeing Thor, the Dark World, in the world's strangest theater situation. Just off the top of your heads, uh... Anybody go as whatever order you want. What did you think of Thor The Dark World? And we're eating. We apologize. thought it was not very dark. <laughs> For a movie called The Dark World, it's actually quite funny. Okay, thematically dark. Very I was going to say visually, uh, somewhat dark. <laughs> but. Very humorous. 
See, whenever I think Dark World, the first thing I think is Link to the Past. So I was very disappointed to see the lack of a, a Dark Thor or something of that extent. <laughs> I do like the light-dark motif that they played into a lot, um, even with a few of their puns. Um, can't really think of one at the moment. But. Well, right down to Malika's face by the end. Oh, yeah, there you go. Like, you know. uh, he got half his face burnt. Uh, mm-hmm. Spoilers, but yeah. Oh, yeah, full spoilers. Okay. I'm assuming everybody's seen the first one at some yeah. point. Do you think, and granted, it's only been 20 minutes since we saw this movie, half an hour. Do you think you have a feeling of which one you liked more? Um, first one, I remember watching while playing a game of Risk. So With me. That's true. Who won? Do I don't remember. remember. It, it destroys friendships enough. We really can't like <laughs> keep score, even though I was definitely winning if we did. Greg, do you ever lose at Risk? It happens. Paul just never you. wins. No, Paul doesn't win at all. And if I don't win, I just make sure everyone else loses. We were talking about a movie. Yeah, yeah. all right. Um, I don't know. I, I like this one. Mm-hmm. I liked it a lot. I basically went for the sole reason of seeing Tom Hiddleston and all his wonderful facial expressions. And that really provided a lot of entertainment for me. I don't know if that's weird, but... Loki was the best part of the movie. Every time he was on screen. uh, And that was... I don't know if I would say exactly true for Avengers, because there were so many good things going on in that one. He definitely got some Um, of the best one-liners. Yeah, although they did a good job of spreading him out this time, I thought. That's true. I thought they did did a good job of actually having Thor be able to come back to him. And actually have some sort oh, of yeah, yeah. retort to it. And not simply just... Kind of building trust, which may even come back to bite him in, you know, later. Well, most people it. trusting Loki end up coming, usually end up coming back to bite him in the ass in some way. That's true. But the whole dying to, you know, save people. It kind of has a very special place in Thor's heart. So now he does it pretty much in every damn movie. Yeah, that... I mean, I do, I do want to, you know, say, you know, Loki's quote redemption unquote. Um, you know, it's. I like to think that at least some part of it is genuine. Um, that there is at least. I, we did see that scene kind of after he found out the death of his adopted mother, um, and that was very genuine from him. You know, no, you know, it was one of the few times we've seen Loki not being watched by others, and we had this very genuine sense of emotion um, come out of this. And you'd like to think that he at least, in some way. Uh, at least rethought some of the things that he was doing, you know, even if he didn't entirely give up his ambitions. Um, so it was just it was just interesting to see that from Loki, as far as you know, kind of seeing him grapple with these things for once, and not simply. I definitely <laughs> like the idea of where they kind of wipe the slate clean towards the middle a little bit, not all the way, but you know, they focus on the beginning on how. Loki just came fresh from the previous Avengers movie where he destroyed a bunch of New York. Everybody hates him. He gets slapped around a lot. But then that time he spends in his cell where he creates that illusion that he's okay and then he drops the illusion and he's just, you know, stuff's all over the cell. He's disheveled. He's dirty. It's really getting to him. So you try to, like, as an audience, you get a little bit more connected with him and maybe he's starting to be rehabilitated. And I really like that. It kind of almost lets your guard down a little bit. Yeah, and they played with whether or not you should trust him for the whole movie, which you should, mm-hmm. right down to, I mean, I had been spoiled way back from, I think it was San Diego Comic-Con, that they showed this footage of him cutting off Thor's hand. Okay. And people were like, wait, did they just show? Because it was like, it was really quick. And like, it was all over the internet. Loki cuts off Thor's hand. And I was like, oh, okay. Totally buy it. Mm-hmm. Totally buy it in the, bought it in the movie. And then, oh, switcheroo, wasn't actually what happened. And I thought that was effectively done because it plays with what you expect. And exactly. Like, the trickster um, god. <laughs> And then, of course, when he dies, I went, well, he's not dead for various reasons, both meta and actually part of the plot. He's not dead. But So it was nice to see him back. I mean, I don't, I don't know. Did that surprise anybody? Did it surprise anybody that Odin was really Loki? I kind of wavered back and forth. Is this really Loki? Or I never just... would have suspected that, okay. honestly. Like, when he died, 
I just kind of put that out of my mind. Like, oh, they, they can't kill him off. He's such a huge major character, and everybody loves him, especially me. <laughs> but, no, honestly, for the rest of the movie, that didn't really come back into my mind until towards the end when they focused on uh, Anthony Hopkins a little bit too much. And then he changes over. Not even when Loki turned into the Asgardian guard and went, then see, went that, up there. That's what clued me in. I knew something was... I mean, you don't literally see it. I think the, the flash comes from off screen and then he walks into frame, it, it, right? I, I, I think I, I looked I, to Ryan and went like, what just happened? And I think I turned to you and said, Loki. Yeah, um, you did. And I was like, where? Um, <laughs> then scene change. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I thought there was definitely... So, you know, as soon as you see that, the uh, Asgardian guard... Sounds weird. Uh, as soon as you saw that, you know, I, I, I had a feeling that that was Loki. And then you see him kind of going up to Odin and say, you know, we found something, we found a body. And I knew that there was something un- that was going to be resolved later with that. Um, or some sort of surprise with that. So I definitely had a feeling that something was coming. I didn't know it was going to be completely him sort of taking over for Odin. But that, you know, leaves open a lot of questions for, is I guess... O- is Odin dead? Yeah. You know, what <laughs> happens to Odin? Does he go back to Odin's sleep again? or Yeah. Or, uh, Freya, surprisingly... Dead. Yeah. I don't know how everybody says it. They said it a little bit differently in the movie than I'm used to hearing it. But Freja, Freda. I always said Frega. The lady who Friday is named after. She she dies. Wasn't really expecting that. After she gets kind of an awesome battle yeah. sequence for yeah. an old lady, which you know, nothing against old ladies, yeah. but it was just surprising. She's also a god. Yes. That's true, but she's also a human actress. Okay. Who, you know, there's certain things you expect. Like, even Odin. Odin's older. When he has a battle scene, it's him pointing a stick and trying not to fall over. He's earned that right. Yeah, oh, yeah. Don't get me wrong. It's, it's a, Anthony you know, Hopkins. He although, not credited as Sir, interestingly enough. Just credited as Anthony Hopkins. I thought that was interesting. Uh, the Cap cameo. I, w- oh. I had heard Cap cameo, and I'm thinking after the credits. Not expecting it there. With the Captain America theme and everything. It was the Alan Silvestri theme. At least according to the credits. Um, I didn't just pick it out with my ear. But Brother, would you rather talk about truth? That, I lost it. <laughs> truth, <laughs> justice, <laughs> and... Uh, and American... Yeah. yeah. You almost hear him say, God bless America, and then Thor yeah, cuts him the, off. Which is yeah, I thought that was funny. Didn't expect that at all. In, in the Avengers costume, specifically. Now granted, this was probably shot before they'd fully nailed down the uh, Winter Soldier costume. We saw the Winter Soldier... Uh, trailer before the movie and the Days of Future Past trailer. Had any of you guys seen those before? I saw the Captain America one. I hadn't seen the Days of Future Past one yet. Okay. Uh, it's interesting you bring up the Captain America one because you see him actually in several different suits within that trailer. Yes. Including the including the original one from from the first event. The World War II costume, the Super Soldier costume from the comics, and just street clothes. A lot of street clothes actually in that trailer. Well, both him and Black Widow and the, the Falcon. Well, I mean, certainly I think you're going to see within Captain America 2, and I know we're getting a little off topic before no, 2, but, but certainly I think, you know, you're going to see a lot of focus in, in Captain America 2 about him trying to adjust to the modern world. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you, you there was a lot, actually, from what I understand, filmed in the Avengers of that effect, but a lot of it was cut out. It, um, a lot of it's on the, the Blu-ray, yeah. So I've so. seen some of it. I think you and I watched it, John. Yeah, I think we watched some um, stuff. It's good, but it, it would have felt out of place and overstuffed in that movie, you yeah. know what I mean? But, I mean, you know, the Avengers was really Captain America's first kind of adventure, you know, since waking up. Mm. Um, and so I think now, you know, now that, you know, kind of the, the dust has cleared and things have sort of settled down and calmed down for him, we're going to see him attempt to adjust to the real world, um, or rather to the modern world. So you've seen the trailer before. Now we've all seen the trailer, whether, whether or not you've seen it before or not. Do any of you know the Winter Soldier storyline? I know a little bit. I know who the Winter Soldier okay. is, so I won't That's know. what there is to know about the Winter yeah. Soldier storyline. Anybody else? No? Okay, cool. See, I, I, I'm interested to see the actual movie with people who don't know mm-hmm. versus people like us who do know. Because it's it's fine either way. Because one way, oh, it's, I don't know who the villain is. The other way, you're like, I know who the villain is, but Cap doesn't. And that's going to be interesting. 
um, which is fun, uh, without spoiling too much. So what about the Days of Future Past trailer? This is now the second time I've seen it. I've seen it once online and then once in theater. It doesn't do a lot for me, but I'm not a big X-Men guy. But I was a huge um, first-class person. So to now see those characters again, and it just seemed like a very maudlin trailer, I don't know. But that's, I, everybody else I've talked to loved it, so I'm in the minority. I understand that. I always felt the great tragedy about the X-Men movies is that they were so phenomenally casted. Sir Patrick Stewart as Xavier, um, Ian McKellen as Magneto, I mean Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. I mean, I think, you know, I think they have, I mean, Storm aside, I mean, most of the cast is phenomenal. Oh, even she's an, she's an Academy Award-winning actress. Yeah. She, Multiple, she, I think. You wouldn't know from looking watching the X-Men movies, but... <laughs> But, you know, but I feel like the story, you know, X2 aside, most of the stories kind of fall flat. I mean, let's not even talk about oh, X3. Oh, X2 aside, yeah. Okay, I thought you were saying they all work except for X2. And like, no, and so I, I just felt there was a whole lot more they could do with it, especially the way they ended X3 and, you know, kill off everybody who means anything to anybody. Um, <laughs> but then, you know, it, with, you know, I loved First Class too, and so I think, you know, with... Did with you Dave, see The Wolverine? Uh, no, but I... Because it does set up future paths. I did see... I did... I did see on YouTube the uh, the after credits scene, okay. so I did see that. But you know, I do I do love First Class too. So I think with Days of Future's Past, you're going to see kind of attempt to reconcile. You know, basically, you know, this awesome cast that we do have. Well, you know, let's maybe change things around. I mean, you have time travel going on, and I don't know anything really about the Days of Future Past comic. I mean, I've read it. It's going to be very different. It has to be just due to what characters they have actually used in the past, and also the fact that Days of Future Past is like. It's been a while since I read it, but it's like part two in a six-part major storyline the last years. So this is going to use some elements and be much simplified. Um, And hopefully just simplify the X-Men movie continuity, which is already so confusing after just six or seven movies. Yeah, and I hope hope that's what they try to do with it, at least reconcile all these movies and all these plot poles and stuff like that, and just kind of hand-wave it by saying time travel. Right. What did everybody else think of uh, those two trailers? First time I saw either of them. Okay. I am intrigued by Days of Future Past. Captain America, I probably would be more interested if I actually saw the first movie. I'm a first bad, one's uh, fun. I don't okay. know. It's it's World War. It's a world. Do you ever see The Rocketeer? Yes. Same writer and director. I, I believe it's the same writer director. Has the same feel. It's very much a World War Two, not parody necessarily, but it's done in the style of a World War Two type serial. You know. Gotcha. So if you like The Rocketeer, you almost certainly like the first movie. Better get on that. What about you, John? I kind of felt the same way as you about the the uh, you know the next X Men film it just the trailer wasn't really doing uh too much for me um in terms of captain america it's just i think it'll be different you know it'll be a lot different in terms of setting and everything like that from the last one yeah this one is directed by the russo brothers who are most known actually for the show community they do a lot of episodes of community uh, particularly like the parody the genre parody episodes and they're doing this one as a 70s slash 80s action thriller like uh, political, like almost a Jack Ryan movie, which is funny because we saw the the new Jack Ryan trailer before uh, <laughs> Thor. Um, does that interest anybody? I don't know. Does anybody a, a Tom Clancy Jack Ryan fan? I, I was a huge Tom Clancy fan when I was in like middle school, um, and then you kind of grow out of it. Um. Oddly, that's also when I was a fan of Tom Clancy. Yeah, it, very it, young. It's it's weird. Tom Clancy has a very strong influence on thirteen year olds. Um, not yeah. sure not sure why exactly, but you know it wasn't. It it seemed like an interesting movie, but it wasn't. It didn't do anything special for me. I mean, there's nothing I think that distinguishes it from other kind of spy thrillers. Have you seen any of the other Jack Ryan movies throughout I, the years? Well, I saw I saw the awful uh, some of all fears one. I mean, the only good thing about that was Morgan Freeman, but um, Morgan he, Freeman. he makes he makes most bad things better. Um, some some of all fears was the Ben Affleck one, right? Yes. Okay. I, I don't know if I've, I've seen part of that. I've seen Clear and Present Danger a bunch of times, Patriot Games a bunch of times. I think I've only seen um, Hunt for Red October like once. 
Which is it's arguably the best one, so it's dumb that it's the one I've only seen once. I think those are all of them. Are there any other Jack Ryan movies? I, I'd almost argue that Air Force One is a Jack Ryan movie. It's just not called that. Um, and also probably not very good, but I just like it for Get Off My Plane. For Harris Ford. I'm really yeah. hoping that there's a way to kind of reconcile all Harrison Ford movies within the same universe, <laughs> where, where he is really playing the same character. I highly doubt it, but you never know. Indiana Jones series is really just uh, Han Solo's dreams, always in Carbonite. Not his dreams, that's just that's just his his side career on the hunt. Good work. So what, what else about Thor? Things, was there anything anybody like really didn't like out of the movie? Particularly, I mean, I can only think of things that I really liked at the moment. Like, uh, even the elves, that whole elf race thing. I don't know why, but it looked really awesome. Not sure why. Remind me of Magic Gathering. Uh, yeah, I can see that. I got a big Doctor Who vibe out of it, which is not entirely surprising given Christopher Eccleston as Malekith. Mm. Unrecognizable, practically, though. If I didn't know it was him, I wouldn't have known. But I, I, from the elves, the, like the mass, I had the feeling of a Doctor Who type monster where in the beginning it looks goofy, and then you're like, oh, these are kind of scary, and then by the end you're kind of in the middle. It also has to do with like, the whole, to me, the masking of identity thing. Yeah, there's no feature yeah. to them. You know? They're just this endless hordes, yeah. which is kind of cool. They're like the mannequins or whatever, kind of. Or... Oh, I did think of something that I didn't really like. Okay, so they something just... that you did not like. Yes. So what is it? Every. F- 5,000 years? Every 5,000 years, the Nine Realms align. Right. So is that, like, roughly 5,000 years since the Elves were defeated, or could it be multiple? No, I think, they've sa- I think they said several times it's been 5,000 years specifically, because okay. it was Odin's dad or, right. who, who defeated them the last time. All right, so I'm not sure how long the guys... So just been. coincidentally, that's Let's say when... say 5,000 years ago. Is it just me, or when the Elves came back and invaded and began shooting up the place, and they were clearly having the upper hand in so many parts of the early battle... They had the technology from 5,000 years ago. I don't know what the space-time is for gods, but shouldn't Asgard have upped their arsenal over 5,000 years to <laughs> not be fighting think... immediately with swords and stuff in hallways? They had The elves came out with laser cannons. To be fair, grenades. though, they, they were still using those swords in 5,000 years ago. It's not like they had guns back then and went backwards. That's true. No, well, I, the, I, I see what you're saying, think, but they beat him last time with those same guns with swords, so... I get what you're saying, it just didn't bother me, I don't know. Like, I also kind of feel like, from what little we've seen of the Asgardians, per, uh, Odin at least, All right. they're very much in that mindset of, well, we won, and we're right, so we never have to improve ever. Makes sense. And, like, not, just, not just in, in, in their electronics and stuff, but just in their, no, I'm right. And you may have proved me wrong at the end, at the end of every single movie so far, but I'm still right. I'm still Odin. They have their I have an eye patch, so I'm automatically yeah. right. There when you have an eye patch, you can. It might Meanwhile, be Nick Fury. Yeah. <laughs> I want to. I want to see the scene where Odin. That would be good. I want to see the scene where Odin and Nick Fury come together and and just talk about who has the better remaining eye. I almost feel like the scene would work best if they come into the same room and just glare at each other and never say anything. And it's just like, it keeps, you know, single shots of their eyes. Mm. Like, what? I don't know. That would... <laughs> and maybe they go, huh? I hope so. <laughs> Back and forth. Mm. Mm. The thing True. that I don't get, though, is it was only, or at least they made it out to be, just those two, you know, elves that got away who... Well, there was a bunch of elves, it's just only two with faces. Mr. Echo from Lost and Doctor Who. The Doctor, rather. I, I did think of that in the beginning, too. I'm like... Because oh, he destroyed his race to blah, yeah. blah, blah. It's like, and if they're, you know, locked away somewhere, I mean, how do all of a sudden all these elves appear to Space. invade out of nowhere? Well, I think they were all on that one ship, because he, he sent all the other ships crashing to 
Iceland. I don't know where it was supposed to be in, I guess, whatever realm the Dark Elves are from, but it was Iceland in the real world. Yeah. He sent all of them there, but the one flew away. His ship flew away. And that was the one ship that attacked later. Yeah. I mean, you could make, you know, going off Greg's comment about the lack of technological progress, you could make an argument that, you know, that the Asgardians have been in peace for a long time. That they've kind of played this role as guardians in a sense, but they haven't necessarily been at war. But what about Thor going and you know quelling all the rebellions in the wake of well, the whole? Yeah, well, but that... all those situations, it was like the Empire versus the Ewoks, except the way it would logically go. In that, this is a fair point. But... <laughs> I mean, we only see one uprising, but it looks like a t. It, that was my big complaint. Actually, was all the villains villains big quotes on that looked like a television version of the Star Wars Cantina scene. Like, they all had just, like, generic masks and kind of, like, Halloween costumes on. None of them really convinced me. And then Curse, um, Mr. Ecto from Lost, once he takes the ether or whatever, yeah. he looks like a Power Rangers villain. He really yeah. did. Now, one of the better ones I've seen, and he, by the time he was, like, crushing Thor into the ground, I was like, I buy him. Mm-hmm. He still looked pretty goofy. Yeah. I don't know. I, I agree. I mean, it, it didn't really seem like... A- up the scale with the rest of, you know, the villains that you kind of expect. But, I don't know, he still kicked Thor's butt a little bit. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, and I like that he was... I liked actually how Loki took him out. Mm. was cool with, yeah. A, with the, yeah, quote-unquote, sacrificing that. himself, but then they kept reinforcing that those grenades, the, like, uh, antimatter grenades, yeah. were, A, cool, but, B, like, serious business. The first time they showed it in, in the Asgard hallway near the throne room and just pulls them into the center, I, I cringed. I was like... <laughs> I don't want my inside. It reminded me of um, God, which uh, which which alien movie was it where uh, Ridley Scott shoots the, uh, the spaceship and the alien gets pulled through the hole? A, I think you're combining Ripley and Ridley Scott, which is funny because uh, Ridley did. Scott directed and Ripley's the character. I did. Um, I miss where he throws where she throws what. I forget. She that creates like a little tiny hole. In the I, I want to say that's resurrection. Uh, yeah, because it's the white like half human half yeah, alien like hybrid, the skull right? For yeah. Face thing. It would help if I actually saw Oddly, movie written at least in part by Joss Whedon. Yeah. Who also juiced up a few scenes in this movie, um, according to Alan Taylor, the actual director. I might have made a link. <laughs> oh, um, the, the after credit scenes. There's two. I thought one was going to be Cap and one was going to be Guardians. That's what I had read like a month ago. Turned out, no, Cap was the cameo in the middle. One was a Thor little, kind of a shawarma-esque scene, just kind of a joke, which was fine. And then the Guardians one, Guardians of the Galaxy. Greg, I was surprised you actually, I think it was Greg, after the movie, you actually knew a few of the characters' names. Um, One. one, one. Hey, one. Um, But most people don't know the Guardians of the Galaxy. Did that scene make you guys interested as non-Guardians of the Galaxy knowers to go see that movie? Well, well, see, I mean, for me, it really wasn't about the Guardians camp the Guardians aspect of it, so much as, you know, what the larger implications for the entire Marvel Universe. Oh, the Infinity Gauntlet. I mean, you know, yeah, that's really what's interesting me, you know, this this sense of, first of all, the, re- the reveal that the Tesseract the whole, this whole time was one of the Infinity Gems. Which works for me, it's different, but it's, yeah, it it's, works. It's, I mean, I guess you get the sense that the gems kind of all take different forms. One's a cube, one's a blob of red stuff. Yeah. Um, but, you know, and so that I thought was really cool, and just kind of this whole sense of kind of five down, one to go, you know, this kind of prep, pre- preparing this larger storyline that's going on right. that will ultimately accumulate in the Avengers, you know, eight Th- or whatever. Probably three at this point. Probably. But, um, probably, but... Um, but what, what did you guys think of Benicio Del Toro as the collector? Because he was, uh... 
interesting. Yeah. I mean, he's not a character I'm fami- that familiar with, so I don't have a thing, anything to reference him against, except... He was definitely hamming it up, you know. And yeah. And in that costume, I don't know that he needed to. Yeah. <laughs> um, Honestly, I did not know what was going on in that scene at all. And as soon as we got outside, uh, Ryan looked at me and goes, I'll explain in the car. I'm like, okay, good. Uh, well, I, I would, uh, for me, I'm a big Guardians of the Galaxy fan. It's a, a fast... Uh, I almost said fascinating. A fantastic comic, a lot of fun. And so when I knew there was going to be a Guardians thing after the, I was like, oh, I can't wait. I hope it's. I mean, at the bare minimum, give us Star Lord or something. I'd hope for Rocket Raccoon or Groot, but give us something. And we get one of the villains from the movie? Okay. I mean, you get to look at Jamie Alexander as Sif some more. That's fine. Yeah, it was just kind of strange in, in its whole thing. I mean, again, you're, you're right. Um, the Infinity Gauntlet all the Infinity Gems, that part worked. For anybody who knows what's going on, I don't know that I loved Benicio del Toro. But you stack him up with uh, Amy Pond and Lee Pace as Ronan the Accuser. Like, those three as villains, you know, you'll get some pretty interesting stuff, I think, in Guardians. Plus Thanos, who's rumored to be in it at least some. Um, Plus there's another villain as well. They all kind of like working together. It's not like a bunch of villains who are... Well, aren't the, from what I understand, the, the main villains in Guardians of the Galaxy are all kind of underlings of Thanos to one extent. Or More or less, yeah. Um, I mean, it's simplifying a little bit, but it, it, it's a good way to explain it. And really, there's no good guys yeah. in the Guardians. The Guardians themselves are all jerks and criminals who just happen to not be the worst jerks and criminals around, so they're the heroes. So it's a team full of Han Solos. It is. No, it totally is. Han Solos and Greedos and Boba Fetts and raccoons. Oh. <laughs> and talk and shoot things. And a tree. Tree. Everything's better with Vin Diesel, with Vin Diesel playing oh. trees. <laughs> I got a lot of like Star Trek and Star Wars vibes when the elves began attacking Asgard. Some because like their ships do the whole spinny things like the B wings and Star yeah, Wars. Like they cloak yeah, that... like freaking Cleon and Romulan vessels in Star and Trek. The, um, the Asgardian. Hey, I-, I loved that their ships were were Viking ships. Yes. That was awesome. But they sounded just like pod racers. They did. Right down the... So then when, like, the elves come out and they just start kicking butt with lasers and antimatter grenades that send you to some oblivion, I was like, come on, Asgard. Like, step it up. You're just sending people, like, one after another and they keep falling into the hallway and dying. So, I don't know. That kind of disappointed me. That's the reason I had a little bit of a beef. They did not seem to be much of a threat, the Asgardians. Aside from the Warriors 3, Seth, and Thor. And Loki. Well, I agree with Jordan in the sense that I think there is this mentality of, you know, we are right. And, and it's not just, you know, with their technology, it's their entire way of life that they feel is kind of superior. I mean, look at look at where human culture has gone in several thousand years. They haven't changed a bit because there's a sense of, well, we don't need to change. We're great where we are. Um, they do update their helmets once every couple of years, though, apparently, because everybody was wearing a new helmet. Oh, okay. and, and much smaller this time, much smaller form factor. Uh, Heimdall's was much smaller. Odin's was way different, but that could have been just, like, his morning helmets. Um, for when Frey is my Tuesday helmet. Well, I mean, he does have like different eye patches, like, like one for oh, war and one for regular days. Because the, the the helmet he had in the first movie, I don't know if he ever wears it, but they did make one. Is a combination of the Thor and Loki helmets, where it's got the wings, but it's also got the horns. Horns. And this was similar to that, but also a smaller form factor again. Sure. Thor's helmet again doesn't show up. He, well, he wore it for about two minutes in the first movie. Yeah. No Loki helmet, but he wore that a lot in the Avengers. Yeah. I got sick of it after a while. Um, plus, why I would he have? I think Tom reason? Hiddleston got sick of it. <laughs> hey, it's gonna kill your neck, right? Yeah, even even if it's made of like aluminum, just wearing that all day and it you know catches the wind or whatever. Wait, didn't he wear at that one point where he was walking along, switching into all the different forms? I think he Loki. 
He might have actually. I don't. It, it, it may have happened right before he switched into Captain America as he's walking. It may have been when he turned Thor like, to Sif. Could be. I, I think it was along those lines where he briefly switched into that form, and then he proceeded to switch into like several other things. That that well. may be. I don't remember fully. Oh, by the way, Sif. I mean, a even if there wasn't the rumors that WB is trying or that. Um, you know, DC's trying to get her to be Wonder Woman. She looks like Wonder Woman in this movie. She really does. Pretty, I mean, I, I wish they would give her more to do. They keep saying that there, there may even be a Sif spinoff film. But I, she's in the movie for all of about four minutes. But I like all four of those minutes. That's yeah, she's, she's there to kind of glare at Jane and, and and to make you aware that there is a love triangle going on, even if Thor isn't aware of it. Yes, yeah. And that's it. And then once, once the triangle has been sort of established as, no, it is Thor and Jane, then Sif kind of just goes away. You know what I really did like that Sif related that I had not expected in the movie, but really enjoyed as it went along was their whole secret council meeting with robes and everything. But where it was yeah. the getting the band together, we're going to rob a bank type scene, yeah. but and that it kept cutting back and forth to like before and after things. I loved that. Yeah. Didn't expect it in this movie at all, but it worked. And and then the running joke of everybody's going to kill Loki. Yeah, pretty funny. Apparently, there's going to be a line. Yeah. I like that. That also left me thinking that towards the end of the credits, I'm like, okay, so, treason. All the best warriors in Asgard. Now what happens? Slap on the wrist? What goes on? I mean, that's the thing. Like, you, you figure... Well, it, it's weird, though, because we don't know what happened to Odin. That's true. We're, so, if yeah. Odin's alive versus if it's Loki as Odin... like Maybe he's incapacitated somewhere. We don't know. He's on vacation in Bermuda. I ultimately want to know, you know, where is Loki's story going to go from here? I mean, it's one thing for him to be kind of sitting on the throne, but, I mean, at what point, you know... Does he get bored with that? Yeah. Yeah, like, you know, does he just sort of... At what point does Thor realize it? At what point does... Uh, you know, I guess, where where is Loki's character going, ultimately? I mean, you know, is... You know, like I said, there's this movie seemed to make it seem like he was at least toying with the idea of, okay, maybe I can be not, maybe not such a... Um, but I, I think... A, Marvel history, but B, just mythology in general, says yeah. Loki will always be Loki. Yeah. Like, he might go through phases of the moon in terms of somewhat less trickstery than others. Sometimes female, sometimes male, sometimes a kid, sometimes an adult, sometimes fully evil, sometimes just bored. But he'll always be Loki. He can never turn it off. Not really. Uh, the way Loki explains it in um, Young Avengers in a recent issue, he's talk- this is when Loki's in his kid form, but he's talked to a bunch of other teenage heroes, and none of them trust him. And he's like, okay, hold on a second. All of you watch Game of Thrones, right? Yeah. Or have read the books? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Who's your favorite? I borrowed his book and read it. (laughs) Read it for him. But he goes to all of them. He goes. So who's your favorite character? Everybody replies Tyrion, and he goes, and it comes back to him. He goes, "I'm Tyrion. (laughs) Why do none of you understand this?" And and I was like, "That's a pretty good way to explain it." Although he's more of the bald eunuch, Uh, spider, Varys. Varys, yeah. He's more Varys. Well, I mean, I think it's an. But he wants to be. I mean, I think it's an interesting commentary in general because we, you know, as as movie watchers, we love those characters. We love the ones that are morally ambiguous, that really have no moral center, that do whatever the hell they really want. He's chaotic evil. Yeah, and we love that. And then, you know, in, but in real life, we hate those kind of people. We think they're jerks, um, and rightfully so. Um, and it's just, it's just interesting how kind of fiction allows us to sort of appreciate a certain type of villainy. I mean, you know, everybody loves Loki. We forget that he's responsible for how many millions of deaths in the Avengers. Um, you know, it's easy for us to kind of gloss that over because it's Tom Hiddleston and he's oh so charming. But as he points out in this movie, they're like, you killed, you know, hundreds and thousands of people in there. He's like, yeah, that's like a drop in the bucket compared to the number of humans alone that Odin has killed throughout the years, you know. He's like, I would, you know, at least been a benevolent king, whether that's true or not, because it's Loki. I know one thing that annoys, like, 
a ton of people, at least on YouTube, is... Uh, <laughs> okay. Very, very temperamental audience. No, like, I think... Uh, <laughs> the YouTube comment says, you, know, you will never find a more wretched hive of scum and villainy. <laughs> well, the thing, the thing that happened was, I was watching an Amon Marth music video, and of course they talk about, you know, Odin and Thor and all this other stuff, and there's a whole bunch of people, I think this was shortly after the first Thor movie came out, and there's a whole bunch of people just off because Thor has always played into this, you know, huge great god and Odin's, you know, downplayed and apparently like in the actual mythology like Odin is so much better than Thor like it's not even funny. And like well, I mean, well, Odin's well, the king of the gods in Norse mythology. Yeah, Thor is just Zeus, his son, Caesar, you know. It's it's like compar- it's like comparing Zeus and Hercules. It's or Jupiter and Hercules. Hercules like Roman name. Uh, pretty, pretty much legally. Off because Heimdall was played by a black man. Oh yeah, uh, that, that was my, that I think was my favorite reaction to come out of of Thor. It's like it's Stringer Bell. I mean, can we make even if you're super racist, can't you at least make an exception for him? <laughs> yeah. He, yo. Hey, I, I, I love Heimdall in these movies. It's one of my favorite characters. And doesn't he commit treason in both of them? Yeah, he does. <laughs> and he gets getting away with it. Probably, be, you know, being on this. No, who's gonna pick a fight with him first? Yeah. <laughs> Kind of the whole omniscient thing. I mean, I think people are going to be like, "All right, well, we'll let you go this time." But did the um, did the Rainbow Bridge in the um, in the first movie? Did it have all the gears on the dome that turned and stuff? I couldn't remember if that detail was there, and I loved it in this one. It was pretty cool. And honestly, I can't remember. Very clockwork, steampunky. I, yeah. I think I remember it, but I could be wrong. I certainly remember the room and it yeah. turning, but I don't remember if it like had all the gears. We figure they blew it up and rebuilt it since the last movie, so they can do a lot with. I also changing. felt like the bridge like had more vibrance to it for some reason. I don't know. Even though it played less of a role. Yeah. I was waiting for when the ship crashed into it when Heimdall. Hey, first off, he takes it on a spaceship on his own. Awesome. Yeah, with, but, with daggers. But I was waiting for it to like break again and him just be like, "Oh, not again!" But no, they didn't go that route, <laughs> which was funny. Kind of like Asgard's version of uh, Garth Willie. Well, oh, yeah, yeah. Or the Helicarrier, which always goes down. Apparently two go down, at least in the cap, second Cap movie um, from the trailer. Um, Including number 42, which as Greg pointed out, not, uh, not, not a mistake. Yeah. No, everything is number 42. Uh, does anybody, anybody have anything else to add, or I'll shut this down? All right. Uh, thank you guys for joining us, and uh, have a good week, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Jersey Shore. You can contact us at Jordan at LegionOfDudes.com. That's J-O-R-D-A-N at LegionOfDudes.com. Or follow me on Twitter at Jordan FRM Jersey.